0: A couple weeks ago longtime sponsor of the show Casper you know the people who sell mattresses uh, they had a spot and when I read their url I said that their uh, domain name was caspersleep.com which is what it used to be um, and which in fact still does redirect but their new url is casper.com when I did that they, they sent like a nice little note and it was very friendly and it was like hey you know." that used to be our url but we've sprung for uh just playing casper.com and the next time we have a spot run uh you know please use that one instead and last week they uh uh had another spot in the show and like a dummy uh i once again said on the air go to caspersleep.com talk show um And they sent me a very nice email that was so nice that I I thought I should, uh, right here at the front of the show, just put a little insert here and just tell you, um, if you're in a market for a mattress and you want to go there, go to casper.com, C-A-S-P-E-R slash talk show, casper.com slash talk show. Uh, My thanks to them uh, for their patience with me. And uh, uh, now on with the show. Joanna, how are you? It's been a while, I think.
1: It has been a while, but you hear no sirens and no, no dog, <laughs> unlike my last appearance on this show. Was that the last appearance? I think so.
0: Uh, yes, it was definitely
1: the sirens. Definitely, very, very angry, angry, angry listeners about the sirens. Oh, it but has. The, yeah,
0: it has been a a very Joanna Stern year in technology, don't you very think? Very, jo-
1: yeah. Just me ah. all the time, they released me like ten times, the well, Goana but stern s
0: i what I mean by that is that to me, you are one of the most um uh, uh, obsessed in our racket with you know laptop keyboards and tablets, and you know where are portable computers going, and it's been I, what a crazy year, right.
1: Insane. And actually just had a conversation with my editor about my column next week. I'm, I think I've actually ditched the entire idea because it's too hard. I hate to say that I'm ditching something because it's too hard. But like trying to tell someone what to buy right now is just is too hard. Maybe too
0: hard. maybe that's the angle to take, though, is to talk about how you can't really say here's what you should buy because it's too hard.
1: It really is too hard. Well, I don't know. I should probably not talk about what my idea was. Someone listening will just do it better than me. But like my idea was I wanted to make a, a, a form or a chart where it's like you just go in, you tell tell it, this is what I want. This is what I want the computer to do. This is how I use my computer. This is the operating system I want. And then it tells you what to get. But making that is really, really hard.
0: It, the matrix has gotten very complicated. So you you could have been on, and, and we you know been trying to work out a time that works for you to be on the show. At any point in like the last like two or three months, like to talk about the iPad Pro or to talk about uh, the Surface Book and the Surface Pro Four and all the keyboards yeah. and etc. But now we can just talk about them all at once.
1: And yeah, and there was an iPhone before that, right? And then. What have I been doing with myself? There's just been a lot of reviews, a lot of products, good products, some not so good, but really interesting. That's, I saw, That's how I'm going to summarize this year.
0: I saw and, a thing and I didn't see the breakdown. Maybe you did, but I saw a thing where, you know, that every year there's the, with the um, the Black Friday and the, the whole opening of the holiday shopping season, that um, 64% of the online purchases over the weekend were done on a mobile device
1: yeah I saw that too. kind
0: of astounding the thing i don't know is what are they calling a mobile device is does that include tablets or is that is it is it don't only they usually
1: phones? break down by operating system i like how they guess look at
0: so? it but isn't that like i've been thinking about this for years but i feel like Part of what makes this year, what 2015, so interesting is that doing it by operating system really doesn't make sense anymore.
1: True, very true. I mean, Windows, like like, right, someone could be on their Windows phone and they're actually on, or they it says Windows 10, and they could be on like a 50 foot desktop.
0: Right, and (laughs) conversely, Windows 10. Right, and conversely, the the uh, on the Apple side, the iPad Pro uh is going to qualify by OS as a mobile device but right. it's and it, and by some definition it is certainly mobile where you're certainly using it you know without any you're not connected to a power or anything like that you don't have to be um but it's meant to be used on a desk of some sort or at least on your lap like it's not like a handheld
1: device right right i've been using mine more and more in bed I like, um, we've pretty much watched all of Jane, uh, Jane the Virgin on mm. the iPad Pro.
0: It's really, really interesting as a TV.
1: Yeah. Like, and the last two trips that I've taken, I've t- just, I took my air. I have this problem where I just have to take the air. It makes me feel better. Um, but I pretty much only used the Pro, which, I, you know, I, that's the difference between when you like review something for a week and then you really start using it, um, I just, as a travel device, it's it's really good, you know, because you, you, as much as, like, it's kind of crazy that you're just, like, kind of, it is the top of the laptop screen, like, just taking that off and having the screen without the keyboard to watch Netflix is is huge. Yeah. And the screen um, is, like, 90 times better than my, my Air.
0: So, all right, let's keep going with it. Let's keep going with talking about the iPad Pro, and we'll get to the other devices in due time. Um, I have found, and it's one of the little things that it really makes a huge difference between the, and I know you mentioned this in your iPad pro review for the, for the journal. Um, if you just look at the numbers, 9.7 inch for the standard iPad size to 12 point, whatever inches this one is, it doesn't sound like a lot for some reason in my brain, but in practice, it's a tremendous difference.
1: Yeah. It's giant.
0: And one of the things, and I don't think I, I, it's like you just said, it's sometimes it's so hard in one week, the one week you get between when you get a review unit and when the reviews come out, it's, it's hard to cover all the bases. But, um, and I've heard this from a lot of people who, you know, readers of Daring Fireball that it's a huge, huge deal for anybody who deals with actual documents. Like, uh, I know uh, lawyers, for example, everything they do is like eight and a half by 11 pieces of paper and, um. I've also heard from some people in education that for teachers, it's a huge deal. If, if, if you have like students submitting work in any kind of word processing document where it's a page, now they can, Hmm. you know, they can read them right there on the iPad and it's not tiny. It's like the size it's supposed to be. And what I've done, I, I've, I haven't been into comic books in years, but um, I started reading uh, comic books on it and, it's all the difference in the world like what I, I can like one of the reasons i never really got into reading comic books on iPads before is it was just too small and hmm. now i saw it, Andy and Atco even tweeted a picture of it it's just like side by side with like an actual comic book it's it's like the actual size it's absolutely the standard size for a comic book but it and tv i think is a similar type thing where it it like Laying in bed or sitting on a chair somewhere and just having it right in front of you—it's it—it feels it fills your field of vision in a way that the iPad didn't before.
1: Yeah, and definitely for like sharing, uh, you know, sharing a viewing experience, it's great. You know, that's where I did feel like the the iPad would be small. Is like if you're watching a video with with somebody, um, you know, especially on an airplane when you like you're both trying to yeah. watch the iPad and you've got the middle seat bar between you yeah. and you know it it's it's was just been great for watching um yeah, Netflix together. Hmm. So that should be their next ad. It should just be like a shot of two people watching Netflix on the iPad and like really close together. Hmm. Maybe um, they're not going to hire me for marketing.
0: <laughs> no, it seems like a perfect <laughs> ad. It does.
1: Didn't they have one like
0: that with the music? I seem to recall that there was an Apple ad that involved uh some sort of romantic moment where it was—I I don't know—like teenagers, but they were sharing their headphones, you know, their earbuds.
1: Yeah. And no, and the tagline is Netflix and chill.
0: <laughs> well, I don't think Apple's going to put Netflix th- and chill in their ad.
1: <laughs> I think that's what Apple's going to do. Just put it right across the center of the ad.
0: <laughs> Although I guess they—they they sort of have a a a non-contentious relationship with Netflix, so yeah, who knows. <laughs> It's only semi-competitive. It's such a
1: good ad. and But maybe it's also a better ad for the smaller iPads, you know, because if that's what you're really after, you know, you're, you're watching a movie, and you're trying to get closer, you probably want the smaller iPad so you can get closer together. Hmm. I've gone too far with this.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you still... But you still take your MacBook Air everywhere you go.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's... I mean... God, my air is really a piece of shit now too. Um, I'm like looking at it, and there's crumbs stuck in the between the bezel, like on the right underneath the the O in the MacBook, the first O, not the second. There's just like, I think it's a piece of bread. Yeah, it's really it's. I went to Potbelly that- for lunch, so it's probably, it's probably whole wheat bread. Anyway, yes, I take it. I take it because I don't know why I take it. I mean, there are certain apps that I use. There really are not even some certain apps. Photoshop I use during the day. Um, sometimes I do some video editing and stuff like that. I think it mostly comes down to the multitasking. I think, you know, a, a reader asked me today on, on Twitter, he was trying to decide between the iPad Pro and the MacBook Air. And I, I really think it just comes down to two things. It's not power. I mean, it's it's certainly not power um it's not screen cuz the pro kills it on screen and all these other things i think it comes down to peripherals and multitasking what do you think is there something i'm missing yeah I, no I, I i
0: i think that covers it well and then the other the other the only other thing i could think of that's a big ticket like f- this might be the primary reason that you decide would be are there apps that only exist on one or the other
1: OS? Mm-hmm. Right.
0: Um, you know, and there are some that are many, in fact, that exist on both. You know, there's all sorts right. of writing apps, for example, that have, you know, clients that, you know, for both, both platforms so you don't have to decide. There are other things that are either Mac only or now there's a lot of apps that are iPad only. So, you know, right. if you're... If you feel like you need one of those, though well, then your decision's made for you.
1: Yeah. I mean, the file system is another really big one. I guess that would be the third big thing, you know, and I kind of consider that under multitasking, which is not part of it. But, you know, I just deal with lots of different files and hear, like, people send Word documents, unfortunately, and they're marked up and you got to download them and you got to look at them and then you got to reattach them. And, you know, that's still a place where the iPad is just not... Um, you know, in trying to make it simpler. Sometimes it's just really hard. You know, I I actually wrote about in the review or I don't know if the whole thing came in, but um, like I was just trying to get a PDF from one app to another and just can't really do it, right? There's no central file to put something in. You can put it in iCloud, iCloud Drive, but yeah, I just don't like to go there.
0: Yeah, and not every app supports it, depends where you, you know. And right. it's the same with Dropbox, where there are definitely some apps that you can, you know, use app A for this and send a thing from app B by putting it in your Dropbox, and both apps have Dropbox integration. But you really, you can't count on it across all apps.
1: Right. And you have to, like, hope that the share system works well in that app to then bring it to the other app. Um, and they were Adobe apps that I was using.
0: Yeah. Whereas on the Mac, you would be shocked. I, I would be. And in fact, I would, it would instantly make me, any app that I use on a regular basis, what I'm about to say would work. And if I was trying a new app and this didn't work, it would almost certainly make me think this app is a piece of junk and I'm just going to, I'm not even going to spend any more time in it. it which is, if, if I'm in a context where I want to add a JPEG, doesn't matter. Is it an email attachment? I just want to send it to you. I'm using a chat app. I want to send you this picture. I want to add it to a document where I know the document can, you can add images to the document. I would just take it from the finder where I see the doc, you know, the image and drag it over and drop it in. And it works everywhere. And it's worked like that since, you know, I don't know, 1984, where you just drag stuff where you want it to go. And it's crazy it's still crazy to me and it's one of those things where I feel like I'm speaking a second language when I'm trying to work in iOS which is that drag and drop isn't really even a thing there
1: right yeah no I mean like on Tuesdays which is like my big file column video day my entire desktop is a mess and it's like my worst nightmare when I go to someone's computer and see like just billions of files all over their desktop but And then I always clean it up. I always clean it up Tuesday night. Um, But like the reason that is is just like it's the easy, you know, I put something there, then I drag it to Dropbox and I send it to my video editor. I pull down one file. I edit it from, you know, a print editor. I then send it right back, you know, attach it, put it into Gmail, drag it into Gmail. Yeah. I mean, I think it's things like that. Those like sort of like, and I hate to say because I think those are the things that like make me old like i worry that these are the things that like i'm gonna be that old person that's like well we this is why i can't recommend this because it doesn't have a usb port you know or or something like that where i feel like you know i feel old when i say these things but you get in these routines of how you work
0: i feel the exact same way where i i don't want to be curmudgeonly that way um and i see it from the feedback i get from readers where some of them are i don't want to say angry but they seem to be frustrated with the whole hey maybe you can you know for some people you might be able to really just work on an ipad pro and they reject it and they're like and and they say how could you know how can you work if you can't do right. xyz and i can s- I I I, what I see them doing is they're projecting. I can't work with X Y Z, and I actually believe them. I believe them that they you know that this is important, and there are definitely some tasks where you really want to be able to access you know have something like the Finder where you can have just an arbitrary list of files of any type and just drag them. But there are you're crazy if you don't think that there's a lot of people who don't need that whose workflow doesn't involve files. In yeah. the file system at all.
1: And I think that's where I see like there're some days where I don't I don't need that. Um and you know, that's what a majority of users or I, mean, I I can't say percentages, but many people like you said don't need some of these things. And that's where I think, you know, I and I, I think I go back a little bit into what I wrote in my pro review. It it certainly feels right now it's a niche product. Maybe it isn't. Um Maybe it really does have more appeal at this point than I I think – I I didn't even get specific on it. But maybe it has much more appeal than I thought um, right now because more and more people ask me about it. And when I'm sort of trying to guide them between getting a laptop and the Pro, it ends up saying, yeah, the Pro is actually going to be perfectly great for what you need. And, oh, you don't have an iPad or you haven't updated your iPad in years? Yeah, go for it. Um, Yeah. So – I don't. I think it, I'm just really um, interested in what Apple is going to be able to do with the software to make it um, to make it closer to what some people want as a laptop experience.
0: Yeah, I think you and I, I, I highlighted that that sentence. I don't have it in front of me right now, but in your review, but more or less, and and you know, it's not a unique observation, but I thought you said it very well, which is, but something more or less along the lines of if comparing it to the Surface. Uh, cer- cer- certainly, the Surface Pros from Microsoft—they um, the Surface Pros are saddled with mm-hmm. the overly complex Windows 10, and the iPad Pro is saddled with what is still clearly an a phone operating system. Yeah, right. And so they're approaching. Both companies are approaching a a. They're trying to get to the same place, but Microsoft is going is is approaching it with a more complex legacy operating system. And Apple's approaching it with a, an overly simplistic, um, meant for a little four or five inch, three, four or five inch device operating system.
1: Right, and I think that's like what's going to be fascinating to watch over the next couple of years is like, how do they both get there? Like one's got to add, one's got to like, you know, it's like, One's got to pick up pieces on the route, and the other's got to somehow dump them. Hopefully, I don't know what Microsoft's plan is with a lot of the bloat that's in Windows. Um, but yeah,
0: and um, it's I I I totally appreciate that it is an incredibly hard problem for both companies to solve. I mm-hmm. mean, a lot of times we could you know we on the outside can sit here and, and complain and make it I I. There are some problems that are frustrating because it really does seem like it ought to be easy for a company to fix. And maybe it's not, and you don't want to, you know, who knows what the reasons are behind it. But this is one where it, clearly it's complicated. But, like, it, just one specific issue with the Pro. I Do you use the multitasking on the Pro, the, the two things at the same time, multitasking, where you slide yeah. it out from the left? I yeah, I do view. it all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things that quickly became habit for me so mm-hmm. and, and to compare and contrast a thing that it's taken me longer to become a habit is the new um the new way in ios 9 that you can put two fingers on the keyboard and move the the insertion point around when you're editing text yeah i, I love it but i keep forgetting to use it whereas yeah, the multitasking like touch. yeah same thing 3d touch i like it and and i'm starting to make it a habit but it's I keep forgetting about it. Yeah. Um, whereas the multitasking yeah. on the iPad Pro is like, I took to Second it like nature, a- nature, f- for sure. Yeah, exactly. Um, but- Yeah. But, for example, you can't put two Safari windows side by side.
1: Yeah, I mentioned that in my mind. review. And- oh, I've got to stand up. Hold on, my Apple Watch just told me. Do you hear it? Yes. <laughs> Should I mute for uh, today? I don't know. You know, like you feel guilty hitting that mute for for today.
0: Yeah, do you hit I the mute too. for sw- for today? No. What I do is uh, I've had sound off on my my Apple Watch for months now. I forget the. Mm-hmm. Look. It's just been there's too many times where I want it to be mute, and so I've just, just left just hitting, it muted. Okay,
1: I'm not hitting mute for today.
0: Yeah, because no one's going to remind
1: bad. me in like 30 minutes again, and then we can have this conversation over again.
0: I feel bad muting for the day when it's this early. If it still isn't even dark out, I feel like it's it's too soon.
1: I was like, the day's almost over. It's three (laughs) o'clock. But any, I mean, I stay up till like one a.m., so it's not really almost over. But like, I feel like I can leave the office soon.
0: I think you can always leave an office. Well, this is why I don't. (laughs) I've never. I mean, no one's watching
1: me. I mean, no one. No one knows where I am.
0: This is why I was never a good employee, but I've always felt like as soon as it's dark outside, you can leave. So <laughs> come, yeah. Come around it gets November. dark outside
1: in New York. Yeah, it's perfect.
0: It makes me a substandard employee, I think. But yeah, um,
1: I mean, really, nobody's watching my moves, or at least that's what I think. Rupert, on, are you listening to this?
0: That would be awesome yeah. if he was.
1: <laughs> um, I am on in on my a, office.
0: On a Mac or Windows, you it would be crazy to think you couldn't have two browser tabs, windows, whatever you want to call them, side by side. It it would be, it would be crazy, and that's where we are though on iOS. And I don't know what the solution is. I, I. I think it seems to me like with this, the way that the rules of iOS multitasking, where you slide it over, and if you want to switch which app is in that right-hand pane, why can't Safari be listed in there, too?
1: Yeah, and actually, like, I wouldn't mind that on the iPhone, too. Like, I wouldn't mind being able to separate out tabs as a new window, so, like, I find it Mm. annoying sometimes. Like sometimes I'll go back and forth between two uh, websites and so, you know, you've got to hit the tab button in the right corner. Yeah. What if I could just double tap to see two Safari windows side by side, you know, in in the multitasking uh, tray carousel thing?
0: It's, you know… I I want that sometimes. And the same thing with any with like a uh, like a document editing thing where if mm-hmm. you've got uh, whatever mm-hmm. app you use for text editing, let's just say though you're using yep. the built-in notes app. Why wouldn't you want to be able to have two of those side by side so you could have one that was your notes for an article and yes. the other is the article you're writing?
1: Absolutely. Uh, I mean, I this is a secret about me. I my most used app on my Mac is TextEdit. I have that's right now. That's true for a lot
0: of people. That's is it. That's yeah. I think so.
1: I feel like inferior. Like you know, it's just like so simple and great. Um, right now, I have twenty text edit windows open. I have Untitled twenty one up right now. I just like open them and you know jot down notes, and then I just close them. Like I, I, and yes, it's because I have like three of the little ones on my screen right now for like three different things I'm working on. I would love I would love to be able to put two of them side by side on the on a on the Pro.
0: Yeah, it, I mean, it I would love seems... text
1: edit on on iOS.
0: Yeah, there were rumors last year. I mean, year the text edit team.
1: I mean, that. really, what have they been doing? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no offense, text edit team, but there's not been many updates to your app since like ever. And maybe they should get on it. I'm mean, just just an ad- advice for the text edit team. Love what you're doing. Love your work. Love your app. It's my most used app on my Mac. But maybe start working on the iOS version.
0: It's funny that there was a rumor last year that there was going to be a text edit for iOS and Preview too. Um, oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and it's seemingly Preview just... is
1: another one of my favorites. Yeah, I mean Preview, like, and this is. This is where when I sometimes um, really try and make the switch back to Windows, these are some of the apps that are so core to the operating system that, that Microsoft just doesn't have. Uh, mm. Preview is a great example. Microsoft just doesn't have something like Preview on Windows 10. Like the, a basic thing where you can look at photos, yes, but some of those basic editing tools and the ease of using them, not there. Yeah,
0: All right, just if you want to make a quick crop.
1: Or, yeah, quick crop, resize the photo, even yeah, touch I, ups stuff. I mean, it's a great a pre. Again, the preview team, really. I mean, it's probably my second used, most used app on my Mac. Uh,
0: here's an example. There, I got a a complimentary um, review copy of a new book from uh, the people at uh, a List Apart last week. Thank you to them for sending it to me. It was very kind. They sent it to me by email. And I opened it up and I started reading, uh, uh, and it was actually a book on responsive web design. So it's obviously something I need to read since my website still isn't responsive. Uh, started reading it, and I don't know. Hours later, next day, I wanted to, I was like, "Oh, I want to keep reading that book." And I was on uh, the iPad Pro, and I'm like, "Where the hell is that?" Mm-hmm. And I, it, I like blanked out for a couple of seconds. Like, why can't I find it here? And then I realized, oh, there's no preview here. Right. And, uh, you know, there is a way well, to do that. You can use iBooks. You can, you know, open the PDF in iBooks and it, it'll it sync across and you can read on the Mac and read here. But I use preview, not iBooks, to read PDFs because it's, you know, when you double click it, that's what it opens in on your Mac.
1: Right. I mean, I guess on iOS they just figure photos is the answer. But photos doesn't have support for PDF and some of those kind of uh, features that you have in preview. I th-
0: I think what it is more is that they even with iCloud and even with the new iCloud Drive, which does work pretty well. I think. I mean, in my experience, it's it syncs pretty pretty reliably and pretty quickly. Um, but I feel like they they are averse to adding document oriented apps to iOS right as opposed to let's say notes where the new notes app is updated on macOS 10l right. Capitan and it's updated mm-hmm. on iOS but you don't have files you know now technically right. there are files hidden somewhere in your you know library yeah. folder somewhere but there's no files that are actually exposed to you whereas preview is still about opening PDF dot PDF files and that's text right. edit
1: that's right is, that comes back yeah. to our file system conversation
0: right. right but they have it they have it with iCloud now and they have the iCloud drive app but it's almost like they don't want to even even with the fact that it's that it is now technically possible to do you know in, in iOS in a pretty easy you know way I feel like they're just averse to it on like uh philosophical grounds almost
1: mm-hmm. hmm yeah I mean the problem with yeah, I guess if you're using Drive and you really are invested in that, maybe you don't have a lot of these problems. Or well, you do have the problem if, if some of the apps don't use it. Hmm. I don't know. I all can't right. say. I can't say I'm going to go to iCloud Drive. I just can't commit to that.
0: What well, do you use it at all?
1: Not really. I use it for photos. Is that yeah, different? It's different. Yeah, right? that's, that's different because
0: yeah, it, it's. That's just iCloud photo syncing, where it's not really no, in I, the file I see, system. See, I
1: live in a Google world.
0: Hmm. So I then, I live what in do you a Google world? No, I don't. I don't. I don't. I try to use as little Google stuff as possible.
1: Hmm. Hmm.
0: So yeah. with Google, where do you like? So you use Google Drive to sync documents from one thing to another? Yeah. How does that work in the Finder? I don't even know. Like, how does that work on a Mac?
1: It well you you can sync all your google drive stuff to your mac I actually don't do that um I actually just go through the chrome browser because mm-hmm. i don't want all those files there
0: and i think that that's more likely the the most natural way to do it and yeah a I mean mostly
1: view. everything for me is right in um is in yeah is in Chrome
0: yeah for me I've I'd I do use iCloud Drive, but it only works with certain apps. I mean, my primary way of, of like, hey, if I have a file that I want to be available everywhere, I put it in my Dropbox folder. Dropbox is the the more important, way more important to me method.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess I just – I really use Drive for my documents, for, like, my – yeah, my documents I'm, like, actively editing and filing. That's how I, I actually do file to my editors through Docs, hmm. Google Docs.
0: Yeah. No, for me, it's Dropbox. So, like, anything – like, if I'm working on an article for Daring Fireball, it's a bbedit text file. in, mm-hmm. But it's saved saved to a, a folder in uh, Dropbox. In Dropbox.
1: Hmm. Well, that's, a, that's a good workaround. Yeah. Right, I let... usually write a lot in text edit and then copy into – um, I have a, I have weird things. Actually, I write most of my columns in Word. I'm just gonna stay right there. Still, I just <laughs> feel comfortable on a Sunday when I write, and even when I write my scripts, I just feel really comfortable in Word. It's just like my my place, you know. So I just go into to Word 2001. Yep, still 2011. I'm sorry, 2011, and that's where I am. Um, yeah, that's that's a weird thing. I guess I should probably upgrade this too
0: well uh, not that BB Edit isn't relevant but the fact that i use a programming text editor as my writing thing is you know it's not really because i need to it's it's just that's where i've always done my writing and so it's it's you know it is a comfort thing i think you want to be as you know writers famously you know whether they're picky about which brand pencil they use if they write in longhand or uh you know a certain brand of typewriter or or even like right. certain certain types of paper for to put in a typewriter. Writers have always been fussy about stuff like that, and I think it's because we have so many problems—just uh, <laughs> yeah. problems in general. We, have we problems. just tend to.
1: No, like sometimes I'll have people. like you know I just like don't know how I want to write something, or I'll, like if I'm, it's one of those pieces. You know, the iPad was a good example. The Pro, there were so many different ways could have gone about it, and I wanted to go about it, but I also had to write for. A very mainstream audience on it. And so, like, I just had a, such a hard time figuring out where to start that piece. And I probably opened like every text editing program I had on my computer and just like, maybe if I write it in here, something will come, you know, like, you just every procrastination technique. And it usually involves opening like every text editor I have on my computer. <laughs>
0: I'm like that sometimes too, especially <laughs> with with the iPad Pro, where I wanted to write my review on the iPad Pro, so I didn't have BB Edit, so it wasn't like a you know, so I just started writing in three or four different apps, and then it, I got very confused about well, where's the part that I wrote about the pencil? Oh, it's in the other app.
1: Yeah, no, I I did the same kind of thing because I was actually the day I started like sitting down to write, I was running the battery test, so I was writing on my Mac, but then. Um, I actually ended up writing a lot of it in Pages because it was, you know, I used, I guess, I used iCloud Drive for that. Um, yeah, you must. Have. Yeah, yeah.
0: You didn't even know it, though.
1: <laughs> didn't even know it.
0: All right, let me take a break here and thank uh, my first sponsor, and it's mm-hmm. our good friends at Squarespace. You guys know Squarespace; it's the all-in-one way to build, design, and host your website. And it could be any sort of website. You can build an online store, you can create a portfolio, you can create a blog. Uh, you could use it to host a podcast. They even have like it, it, for podcasting. They even you know they even have their own custom audio player. They even support built-in things like building a uh, an RSS feed with all the weird iTunes stuff you need for a podcast. Anything you anything you need for your own personal website or a company website or any sort of website
1: or even a sw- website for your dog.
0: Yeah, a website for your dog, you could use Squarespace. uh,
1: You know, I'm not above this. You know how I like to talk about your sponsors. (laughs) I actually did this also on the Vergecast a couple weeks ago. (laughs) I wrote about how to build your own website a couple of months ago, and I fell in love with Squarespace. And I actually made, my whole concept was, I'm going to make a website for my dog. And so when you go to browserinyourbrowser.com now, that was made with Squarespace,
0: What's the website? What's the address?
1: browserinyourbrowser.com.
0: browserinyourbrowser.com. And there's an example of a of a website built with Squarespace. It I just is... want to also
1: say Squarespace does not pay me. I do not make the rounds <laughs> on podcasts to talk about Squarespace.
0: <laughs> there it is. There it is. browserinyourbrowser.com.
1: Tell, tell me this it's, this is a really nice website okay like it really is it really is i,
0: I even uh, i it's even typeset in one of my all-time favorite fonts it's it beautiful gorgeous Futura bold it's gorgeous uh
1: thank you thank
0: you it really is i i joanna stern isn't even paid for this i am but i'm telling you right now if you need a website Spend an hour in Squarespace for free, and before you try doing it any other way, and you will be surprised at how far you go. Uh, Plans start at unbelievable eight dollars a month, which includes everything. Like it's not just like oh, you build your website and then you have to go find a web host, which is where you're going to host it. You know, you've got like a big pile of HTML files and stuff, and you upload them. No, it's all built in. Squarespace does it all. Um, You get a free trial to start. No credit card required. Just go to squarespace.com, and when you do sign up to start paying, just remember the offer code. It's my last name, Gruber, G-R-U-B-E-R, and you'll get 10% off uh, your first purchase. Build it beautiful. Go to Squarespace. Seriously, beautiful, beautiful website. Easy to build.
1: I, I really need I, to update browser com.
0: <laughs> I can't I wait. Pay,
1: I'm paying it. I'm actually paying the $9 a month, like you just said, for the custom domain and for the hosting. And I need to update the site. I need to, up- uh, tonight I'm updating the site.
0: Yeah, because people are going to go. And it I is know. nicely, it is actually very nicely responsive too. Here I am dragging the window around and I know. As it soon works as- really
1: well on mobile. And you can, that's one of the nice things. You can see the view, you can see the yeah. mobile view. <laughs> I did a whole column on it. I like, I mean, it was a really fun, fun piece.
0: I, they sponsor so many podcasts, and I know that people I, – I don't know if people, if people tune it out or what, but uh, it's, it is a remarkable service. It really is. And there's nothing else like it. I can't think of anything. I know there's other ways to host websites. There's a I gazillion mean, I, I ways to think host think of websites. I can
1: a lot of other ways. You should read my article. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but in the end, all you need to know is that Squarespace was the top pick, that one browser on yourbrowser.com. There we go, but I, I reviewed like three or four of them. i I really went through the things. I mean it was it was a really popular article because a lot of our readers have small businesses and uh, we're interested in I got tons of interesting emails of people who wanted to launch websites just for small things they wanted to do, and they couldn't believe how easy it was. Yeah, I it's, need to go work for Squarespace. What am I saying? I need to go. <laughs> I basically sell Squarespace uh subscriptions or whatever they people sell there.
0: Uh all right, next device on the list. Um uh, I would l- I would love to pick your pick your mind about the Surface Pro 4 and the Surface Book.
1: Um, I have to I actually just got the 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 mailroom just dropped off the the latest Surface Book which they tell me Microsoft Ascent says this is the shipping unit I should have no problems, but that's where we, I should back up and talk about some of the problems I have, but I have to take it out of the box um yeah, what an interesting what an interesting uh series of announcements from Microsoft you know the book um uh, my review was was very I'll, I'll actually just be honest and tell you the story about what happened with the review so I loved using the the surface book I think it was an incredible piece of hardware that Microsoft made um. Everything from sort of the screen to how the keyboard works and the trackpad actually finally working very, very well. Um, you know, after years of reviewing, uh, just really just terrible. Like, I mean, you know, I've, I have probably a lot of emotional and psychological issues because of how many terrible Windows laptops I've reviewed. Um, it was just such a nice change. It's just such a, it was just, you know, it's just, it was a really big step, I think, uh, in in the history of Windows laptops. So, wrote this really good review, and then the first unit I had um, had some issues. Uh, actually, the first Surface Pro 4 I had had some issues, and so it wouldn't restart. And then um, the Surface Book, the, for, the first one I had had um, a driver issue, and so it kind of kept crashing. And then... They sent me another one and about, I don't know, uh, 24 hours before filing or that review going up, the thing just completely crashed. The hard drive just completely crashed, couldn't restart Windows. And you know there was a, a couple of other bugs that they said were going to be sorted through. And then um, other reviewers had the same problem. So I ended up basically saying I couldn't recommend the Surface Book. And so now I'm at a point where I'm retesting it uh, to see if they did solve this hard drive problem.
0: It sounds like what I, from what I can tell, and I did not get one to review, but, uh, because I'm not really in that racket, but, um, but I've seen it. And I was at like a Microsoft event here in Philadelphia where Ben Rudolph, uh, you know, who's like the, I don't know, he's like the lead evangelist for these things, um, you know, they hosted a thing and he was kind enough to invite me and I got to spend some time using it there. But, you know, it's very different than spending a week with it. But it sounds to me from reading everything that what Microsoft did is they seeded the review units before they had the, whatever you want to call it, golden master, this is what's going to go out to consumers. And there, you know, were some pretty serious bugs because it wasn't just you. It was pretty much everybody kind of ran into the same issues.
1: Yeah, I mean... Uh, There were bugs and then there were hardware problems. And the bugs um, definitely did make it into shipping units. I got many emails and tweets from readers who said Mm -hmm. I had the same problems. I just went back to the Microsoft store. I returned it. Um, You know, there was some clear quality control issues that that just clear issues that made it through to shipping units. I didn't hear about the hard drive failures, Um, you know, uh, yes, and Microsoft did say that they had sent review units with different hard drives and they had caught these issues at the factory. Um, so I had had the problem first on the Surface Pro 4 and then again, you know, the Surface Book as well. Um, so, yeah, I'm hoping this time around it, it, everything goes as well and I can – goes well and I can actually, you know, really recommend this as, you know, the best Windows laptop ever made. But – um that-
0: does it have an actual hard drive in it? It's not an SSD. They're SSDs. Yeah,
1: they're But but, uh, yeah, they're, they're, but they they're, had they're, problems. They had problems. Yeah, I'm sorry. I keep using the word hard drive. But yeah, they're they're yeah. SSDs with some sort of um, issue. And as far I, as I, I understand, it. they actually changed out the manufacturer of it.
0: Hmm. interesting. Mm-hmm. So let's give them the, the benefit of the doubt for now and and talk about it as what it's supposed to be, you know, and, but and let's, let's assume that they're going to iron out the, the bugs and the, the, uh, manufacturing issues. Um, and talk about it just for what it, you know, what it should be.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, I took this like funny, uh, well, I mean, I think one of the things that's been interesting about Microsoft over the last year is like, you know, When they looked at the tablet market, they had to kind of say, well, what's our strength? Our strength is not what the iPad is. We haven't created a really touch-friendly platform that works or we have, but it didn't – we, they tried to create a touch-friendly platform and it failed. Uh, you know, Windows 8 was, was by and large, a, obviously a huge failure. Um, and we haven't got the apps to make this that really great, immersive, compelling experience that the iPad has. Um, but what we do find is people want to do more work on these things. So we want to make tablets more productive, um, which really was like, okay, we're going to make tablets that can replace our laptop. And it was like, okay, so why don't you just make a laptop? Like, the the tablet really couldn't replace your laptop. I mean, it could, but it wasn't as good as a laptop. And it certainly wasn't as good as the laptops they had kept putting it up against, which was the Air. So they kept kind of convincing us, like, we're really good at productivity, and so you should want to buy our device that can actually be a good laptop. And it was like, just make a laptop. And so now they made a laptop, but it's actually still a tablet. And so it kind of just, like, you know, and and that's trying to wrap my head around the whole industry right now, which is, you know, tablets that want to be laptops, laptops that want to be tablets. In in the case of Microsoft, they've got a phone that wants to be a desktop. You know, what are all of this kind of hybridization of things and what do we actually want to use? Um, And I think with the Surface Book, it's actually coming to a point where it's like, okay, this could, this kind of feels like the future. Um, It doesn't, it isn't the best right now. It's not a great tablet. It's actually a pretty terrible tablet when you think about that. Uh, The battery life is really bad when you take it off the dock. But the idea that, you know, tablets can just be the tops of our laptops and that keyboards are just being added back to these things to make them laptops. Well, that makes kind of sense. That makes sense, you know. And so I kind of looked at it from that perspective. And then I just really tried to look at it as like, this is just a Windows laptop. And it's like, got the build of an apple laptop it's got a touchpad that actually works that i don't want to hook up a huge mouse to it it's got a beautiful screen and so on hardware microsoft's finally giving us something that you know heightens and makes windows worth it um i just threw out a lot of thoughts but
0: no but that's it's so when when i was at the ipad pro event in september and in the hands-on area, I was hanging out with my friend Michael Johnson, a.k.a. Dr. Wave on Twitter, who, who's a developer at Pixar, mm-hmm. um, and writes you know, to internal tools for Pixar, and, and has written a lot of software to use the Wacom tablets and all sorts, you know, for their artists. I mean, I hung around with him because he knows what the hell he's talking about in terms of evaluating, you know, a, a stylus on a thing. And one of the things he did when he first got to mm-hmm. try... The Apple Pencil on the iPad Pro is all he did was just in the like the the Apple Notes app. He just put the pencil down and just started scribbling circles, just mm-hmm. spirally circles, and just watching the latency. That's all he did, just to see. And he was very impressed. And then you know, it, it, all he wanted to test at first was the palm rejection. And if he drew squiggles really, really fast, did it keep up? That's exactly what I did when I got to try the uh, the Surface Book with the mm-hmm. trackpad. Is yeah. I just wanted to see, just put my finger on the trackpad and look at the mouse cursor. And I just moved it around, you know, in a circle really fast to see is this, does this work like a MacBook trackpad where it's great? Or is it like every other PC I've ever put my hands on in recent years where it's, you know, oh man, I, right. I can, I can see why people still miss the ThinkPad <laughs> nubbin. Yeah, because the trackpad stinks, and it was great. I mean, the 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 Surface Pro trackpad. I mean, again, I did I spend a week with it? No, No, but in terms of just that quick test, it was great.
1: I mean, I'm I'm the reviewer who has said for the last five years it is probably Apple's most favorite thing that I have said that Apple makes the best Windows computer. Mm. And I said it when I was working at Engadget. I said I when I was working at The Verge. And I've said it when I've been working here at the Journal. When you install Windows on a MacBook Air or a MacBook Pro, Windows runs better there than it does on pretty much any other laptop I've ever tested in the last 10 years. And that was a pro- that is a problem for Microsoft. You know, um, as more and more people buy iPhones, more and more people see what Apple does in terms of hardware and software collaboration that is a problem for Microsoft especially in the place where they most want us to look to them which is work doing things and so i think you know that's where the surface book okay maybe they're not going to sell as many as they as they may want and i i think that they i think the pricing structure and is certainly if you ask my opinion, I think a lot of it is to protect the OEMs and their partners right now. I think there's very clear delineation of what's been happening. Um, you know, This is a computer that starts well above $1,200 once you get it to where you want it. Um, most PC buyers buy things under $1,000. Um, but still, I just think as a, as a proof of concept and for Microsoft to say, look, we can actually make great hardware for a really great operating system that we have out right now. We can do it too.
0: Yeah, they're they're dancing in a very uh, uh, precarious situation dealing with the OEMs, and and they have been ever since they started with the very first Surface, which was really, you know, clearly not as much. You know, it was more of a uh, even the you know when the the first one they had the two versions. One was the Surface that was the arm and you know way more like an iPad. And ran a different version of Windows, and then they had the Surface Pro, which had an Intel chip and ran the full version of Windows 8. Even though it was a a full Windows 8 computer, it was clearly less of a, hey, this is a true alternative to a laptop from Dell or from Lenovo or whoever else, HP, whoever, you you name them. It was definitely, this is like a new concept, whereas the, you know, now they've, you know, starting from that point, they're clearly, and now with the Surface book, they are clearly, they have an alternative to a laptop from one of their OEM partners. And that's a weird place for them to be.
1: Right. And, and I actually, think you're right. looking now to see the pricing, they had a l- more, a cheaper skew and it's not here now. It's $1,500 yeah. starting right now.
0: Right Which is definitely premium, even by Apple standards,
1: yeah, I mean most people are buying that thousand dollar air
0: right it It definitely has impressive build quality though, and I'm not surprised by that I, I I think the entire story of this this device, the fact that the first units that were sent out had these weird bugs and manufacturing things, well, you know guess what hardware is hard, and Microsoft right. is still sort of new at it um. And it's a tribute to the expertise of the existing companies. Apple certainly, uh, but even on the PC side, you know, that that most PCs that you test, right, don't have those sort of problems. That's unusual for you to get a review unit that has problems like this, right?
1: Yes. Well it's hot. Mm, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think back. I have had many instances where p c manufacturers had really messed up certain components and they just did not work um, yeah, but you know what? You kind of seemed more forgivable in that in those senses.
0: How about know? this uh, unusual but not unprecedented,
1: yes, yes, absolutely
0: right. um So it's not surprising that they're that uh, to me that they're having those problems, Um, but on the other hand, they have been making Microsoft has made peripherals for a long time. I mean, as long as I can remember, Microsoft has been making mice and keyboards, and their their mice and keyboards have always been excellent. I mean, truly top notch. uh, uh,
1: Yeah. Oh, by the way, I want to say corrected. The entry level is fifteen hundred. I don't know for some reason I thought it was thirteen hundred. It's it's uh, fifteen hundred on the Surface Book.
0: Hmm. So I'm I'm not yeah, surprised. Yeah. No. They've always made thought...
1: great peripherals. Yeah. Peripherals. I,
0: I thought that I thought that the keyboard on the Surface Book was excellent. The trackpad was excellent. The driver support to make sure that the good hardware trackpad actually uh, translated to a good experience on screen was absolutely seamless.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean the. The, the issues really did come down to, I think there were some bugs and issues with the drivers for the display um, that was causing a couple of flickering issues. And then obviously there was the other thing. So I'm, I'm excited to take this one out of the box and see how it goes. Um, but I, I know I've heard from a lot of happy buyers. I mean, um, you know, when it comes to, I mean, it's also a really, really powerful system. So, um, and I like the pen too. I mean, I actually still uh, now prefer the iPad Pro pen over the Surface pen um, though I've lost both of them so that's uh...
0: <laughs> wait in your review you said you only had lost the cap but now you've yes, lost I, the entire I can't pencil, find the
1: pen right now. pencil. <laughs> I I think I know where it is I mean this is a really big problem I mean it's 2015 and we cannot find our styluses <laughs> we we need a better way to keep track of our styluses and actually, I have I, to say, Samsung—they have that feature where if the if the stylus goes too far away, it will uh, tell you on your phone. I don't uh, know if they have that in the current note, but they had it. Something like that is, I think, kind of the key to to the to the prevention of the loss or the kidnapping of the styluses.
0: I've thought about the like. I kind of I I do enjoy one of my favorite Apple Watch features is the. Um, make your phone beep. Yeah. Um, yes. And I thought about yes, that. Yes,
1: exactly. We need something like that.
0: Well, but the problem, I think, would be that I suspect that the the pencil, I suspect that the pencil turned well, yeah, It would need A, it would need a speaker, and B, it would need to be on all the time. Like, the reason it works for finding your right. phone is that until a phone is off, it's on in some degree. And the pencil, right. I think one of the reasons it gets such a seemingly... Amazing battery life is that it somehow turns off in a very intelligent manner when you're not using it.
1: Yes, and so yes. I don't
0: know, you know. But it's, also, so it's,
1: like they have, um, I did a piece a couple of a uh, year or two, a year ago about the Bluetooth low energy trackers, and so those work when they're in the vicinity of your phone. So possibly, and and there's really interesting crowdsourcing stuff that's happening with those. That if those are in the proximity of another one of those, like have you, you've seen the tile trackers or the yeah. tracker? Yeah. Like those, those can talk to each other. So what if all the styluses mm. could talk to each other?
0: That would be something.
1: I think that's <laughs> there, it the needs to right be there. solved. <laughs> it's
0: definitely a problem. It's definitely a problem. I need when need to a have device... many
1: conversations with Apple. Number one, let's talk about the stylists is talking to each other. Number two, let's talk about text edit. <laughs> Number three, let's talk about an ad where iPad lovers fall in love around the iPad.
0: <laughs> a shared movie.
1: A shared... All these things could happen in one ad.
0: All right, I want to take a break here, and I want to thank our next friend of the show, uh, next advertiser. It is our good friends at Wealthfront. Wealthfront is, offers long-term... Passive investing, as dictated by strategies in modern portfolio theory, this is academically proven and approved way to invest for the long term. Uh, How things in your portfolio should move in relationship to each other, so that you have a balanced portfolio that is adjusted to your tolerance for risk. uh, All sorts of stuff. Long story short, it's a replacement for a financial advisor. It's automated and algorithmic. You. Invest your money. You give them your money, and they take care of it for you automatically. It's just a way to uh, invest for the long term. Uh, Why would you use it instead of a financial manager? Well, a financial manager usually uh, takes about 1% to 3% fees. Um, 1% is around the average. Wealthfront only takes uh, 0.25%. And even then, they only take that fee on what you've invested over $10,000. Ten thousand dollars, and they have a special deal for listeners of the show. Uh, it's if you take the URL that I'm going to give you at the end, you uh, they will only apply their fees after fifteen thousand dollars, and the fee only applies to what you have invested above fifteen thousand dollars. So if you invest fifteen thousand and one dollar, they only charge that zero point two five percent fee on the dollar that's over fifteen thousand. Uh, You can get started as low as $500, and in fact, that's what most of their customers do. Most people sign up, and to test the waters, they just put $500 or $1,000 in, see how it works, and then they put quote-unquote real money in only after they're happy with it. Really, really simple. It's a way to invest for the long term and not worry about it. Uh, How is it better than doing something like tossing money at the S&P 500 index? It's because they... uh, automatically it's not just one index fund with a list of companies they they do some kind of complicated thing that you can go to their website and read about if you want to see the details uh balance it automatically so if one spectrum of your portfolio starts going up they might move more of the money in that direction and take less out of some industry where stocks are going down Uh, um I have to read this at the end. Go there, check it out. Here's what you do to go check it out. You go to wealthfront.com slash the talk show. Just go there, check it out if you're looking to invest for the long term. And I have to read this uh, for compliance purposes and to keep myself out of prison. Uh, For compliance purposes, I have to tell you that Wealthfront Incorporated is an SEC registered investment advisor. Brokerage services are offered through Wealthfront Brokerage Corporation, member FINRA and SIPC. This is not a solicitation to buy or sell securities. Investing in securities involves risks, and there is the possibility of losing money. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Please visit Wealthfront.com slash the talk show to read our full disclosure.
1: That was very well done.
0: I'm freaked out. I I love these guys. It sounds like a great service, really does. I can't use it. That's part of the ditch. Part of the deal with the uh, the SEC stuff is that if Mm -hmm. you are being paid by them as an advertiser, uh, I'm not allowed to invest the money with them. Um, But it's certainly it's interesting. But I really it it spooks me out that I have like this show is obvious. This this show is obviously sort of a a seat of the pants operation. and and it really spooks me that that they're like the thing comes with this big bold thing and i've spoken to them on the phone to you know get briefed on how the whole thing works and they're very nice people but like to have an all caps bold you must read this for legal purposes thing it's it freaks me the hell out (laughs) with the surface book um I, I think you know you're clearly you know it, it, it's clearly a laptop first and a tablet second for multiple reasons. Right. you know it's it's part of the the GPU processing is in the part that you detach. it's in the keyboard part um, And like you said, it doesn't get
1: and the battery life is all in the is in the keyboard right.
0: um, uh, but it's it, it's it's way less cumbersome than I thought. It's, you know, in, in including the yeah. software support in Windows.
1: Yeah, I mean, a lot of people also complained about the screen wobble. Like that was like a deal breaker for some people. I mean, the screen yeah. wobble is not a deal, break, deal breaker for me. Um, I mean, yeah, like it, like when you shake the top of the screen, it certainly wobbles more than a laptop that has a very sturdy hinge. Um, but, yeah, not not a deal breaker, I think, the screen wobble. A lot yeah, of people well, are like if the- Apple had had a screen wobble like that, and it's like I don't know, I don't know how I'd feel if Apple had a screen wobble like that.
0: Well, I think if if a if a MacBook had screen wobble like that, but it didn't detach,
1: right, You could yeah. just
0: it would be a pure complaint. Like the other ones yeah. don't wobble, this one wobbles. You know what in the world is you know right. wrong with this hinge? Whereas right. if it wobbles, but it's because you can detach it, it's you know it's a trade off. It's a you yeah. know. It's obviously not ideal, but it is a trade off, and I think it's fair to say that um, I like, for example, with the iPad Pro, when you connect the Apple's smart keyboard, you I can use it on my lap. I in fact I have I've used it, you know, on my lap, resting on my my thighs, um, and yeah, I've it's found not it sturdy. That works, yeah. It, but it wobbles. I mean, I think it, yeah, wobbles it wobbles more than the the Surface Book would.
1: Yeah. In, in the my iPad pro video I showed it wobbling off but that's more that's actually not um, that's more a top heaviness I think that's more because the yeah the the smart cover the smart keyboard case is um, weighs less than the tablet yeah, so when you put it on your you know when you put it on your leg and it's not on an even plane it doesn't have the balancing to 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 balance itself out doesn't have the weight the evenness of the weight but yeah no i mean um yeah i I don't like certainly there are compromises that you're making in design now for either either option right and like i don't really know what to call these things but when you're trying to put a tablet with the keyboard you're sacrificing some of the best things about a laptop which is using it on your lap um or using it while you're still your lap, you know, I just think of the scenarios when I actually use it on my lap, which is either sitting in bed or on a couch. And then when you're combining the tablet with the sort of the laptop, you know, whatever you want to call these things that are sort of laptops with tablets, like the Surface Book, um, you are making compromises in some of the laptop design. So whether that be the screen hinge, or battery, or um, can't think of another example right now. There's something else, but I can't think of it.
0: Yeah, mm.
1: you know. So there are, are these form factor compromises we're making on both sides, um, and and you know that's what like is so hard right now. You know, like how I started the conversations. Like it's so hard to tell to ask people or to recommend things when it comes down to what a a user's willing to compromise. Right. I mean, when I look at. The differences between something like a Surface Pro 4 and the iPad Pro—they're such different products. There are so many different compromises you'd make on either side, uh, whether it's because of how the hardware was designed or because of how the software is so different. Um, and that you know—that's like—that's what is very confusing about what's happening in computing and like part of me wonders does all of this have to be happening right now um you know is this partially on the windows side to get people more interested again in buying pcs is it just that laptops were boring and people weren't buying them i don't know um on the ipad side i wonder is this a way just to get more people interested again in the ipad because they were want them to do more things um you know and it's just it ultimately comes down to when you're choosing a your computer now what is it that you want these things to do and what are you going to live with what are the compromises you're going to live with
0: i f- i find it and it's, it's it's this is not a normal problem that most people have but because i i have review units of all of these various products i have all three ipad sizes here and they're all set up for me ready to go and i have uh my macbook pro and I find it hard at any given moment to choose which for, – for like if I'm going to go away for a week, and which is what we did last week for Thanksgiving, family went away for a week, which iPad do I want to take with me? I don't want to take them all. And so I took the uh, – just to get a break, because I've been using the iPad Pro so much. I thought, let's go to the complete opposite end of the lineup, and I just took the iPad Mini with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the reasons I did that was also um, – because my phone is on Verizon, my iPad mini is on at and mm-hmm. I find that that's a really useful combination while traveling because you can go somewhere where maybe one or the other has terrible service, but if the other one does, you can just use that one. Um, and I really liked it, I still like the iPad mini a lot, it's just good at very different things though.
1: Well, what iPhone do you have?
0: Uh, it's iPhone the 6. Sixth. Not success, I mean the, but not not the, not big the one, plus not, right I, right I can't stand the right.
1: plus, <laughs> yeah, I don't like the plus either, but, um, I just did this smartphone buyers guide, and it's like on paper, the plus is so much better, like it is the iPhone I should have, but I don't like using it, like it's just so big,
0: yeah, technically, it is clearly the best uh device, the the image stabilization for video yeah. and, and the battery still life photos. the battery yeah. life
1: and the photos are just and you'd think like those are the two most important things we want in phones right now, right? Like better yeah. cameras and better battery life. Why don't I just get this bigger phone and I just can't you know and I've I also when I reviewed it, I just couldn't like gravitate towards the plus. Um I just hope with the with the seven or the next version that maybe they figure out a way to get the bigger screen into a smaller body and we won't have to make the sacrifices of these things because the, the phone will just feel smaller.
0: Yeah. I don't care. I even care about the bigger, getting a bit more screen on the smaller device. I just want, the, I just don't want a device that's any physically bigger than this. And I, I would, I just will hope that they can figure out is to get the optical image stabilization in the smaller one. And it would be wonderful if they could get the, the battery life of the plus in right. the small one, but I'm not holding my breath on that
1: one. Right. Yeah, but yeah, I totally
0: I see why some people do. I know our our you know our friend Neelai, uh is a Plus yeah. user, and I was talking about it. Because he, he has told giant me, hands. Know, he has giant hands, but he also told me that he most days literally does most of his work on his phone.
1: Right, and if that's right. true
0: for anybody, you know, like he, it, it, tons and it is tons for of emails. So many
1: people.
0: Yeah, and if that's if that's true that you actually do send most of your email from your phone and stuff like that, I can totally see why having the bigger keyboard. You know, for two thumb typing and uh, the extra battery life is a killer feature. I totally understand why some people love yeah. the plus. I, I it's just not for me.
1: Yeah, same. No, I, I I mean, and I always want to. Like when I was doing the smartphone buyers that I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. I put my sim in there, used it for a day. I just I just can't. Yeah. And then but I just I bought found... a new 6S on Sunday.
0: <laughs> Did you really?
1: Yeah. Well, I had been using the review unit for yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, and it was time. It was time to right. send back everything. Right. So I now have a brand um, new 6 Plus or 6S. Uh,
0: um, well, hold that thought. That's actually a good point. So one of the things that we go through as reviewers of these things is we have to set up these devices more often than most people because it's, you know, it, at least three times a year I have to set one up. I I get a because now I get two review units the 6s and the 6s plus and then I buy my own one that I actually use. Uh I think that the the setup process for going to buying a new iPhone is terrible.
1: I just tweeted, did you see my tweet earlier this week? No, didn't even see it. I said I don't, I'm going I can't pull it up right now, but or maybe I can. I said I got a new iPhone 6s. I'm not restoring from backup. I'm just setting it up as a new phone. Hashtag YOLO. Because <laughs> usually I do a restore. And I'm not doing the restore anymore.
0: Hmm. I wonder that. might. Maybe that's the way to go.
1: It's just freeing. Like this phone, it's like, of course it's brand new. But it feels really still brand new. It's not slow. With like tons of apps and folders that I never use. It um yeah, I mean that's the big thing, right? It doesn't carry over the apps. Everything else was blacked up to the cloud. Right. I mean it didn't yeah. and it also doesn't pull over your iMac. So I, I got into this conversation online. The the big thing that it I the biggest sacrifice you make now is that your iWatch your iWatch, your Apple Watch, um activity data does not make its way over.
0: Hmm. Which is terrible. That doesn't it's make terrible. it terrible. Nice that that everyone said privacy
1: and i was like i just wish there was an option to opt in to sync that to the cloud and bring it over to my new iphone
0: yeah i and one of the things that i've seen people complain about and this isn't my complaint is is i've seen people complain about and, and somebody made like a diagram and posted it to twitter where it was like in 2007 from like out of the box to using it your, your, you know, the original iPhone, it was like three things, you know, three little screens you went through and then boom, you're at the home screen. And now there's like it's 21 so steps that you go through. But I don't. I don't, that's not the part that I find terrible. Cause I actually, I understand that when they say, Hey, do you want to allow location? I I, yeah. I understand why they do that. And it takes, it's just a tap. So I don't mind that, that you say, yes, I allow, want to allow location. Yes. Here's my i iCloud uh right. username. Yes, so you can and password. share my
1: data, my develop data with developers. Yeah, yes, that's not,
0: not my problem. But given that they're already making you go through those steps, I don't find that to be a problem. It my problem is with uh the fact that once you're past that, it takes so long and it's indeterminate for all of your stuff to come over. And you've got all these apps that are like darkened out because they're it's like they're coming, but they're not there yet, but you don't see any progress.
1: You mean when you restore it? it when yeah. You, when, you, when you sign in and, yeah. Yeah. If you don't select, setup up as new.
0: Right. I just don't see, for the Apple Watch health stuff, I don't see why that isn't an option at that point, too, where what do you want to do with your Apple Watch? Do you want to just keep it on the iPhone, which is more private, or would you allow us to store it in your iCloud account yeah. online which that's you know, all
1: i'm saying i just want an option
0: right and i don't see it it certainly is private i mean i i don't want you know and and i i realize that there's it, if there's uh, some kind of bug in you know on apple's server side stuff that it, someday somebody there might be some kind of breach that would let that stuff out and i wouldn't want that to happen but to me it's no more private than in fact, I would. For me personally, I would consider it less private than my email, which I have. Or your at contact list, or my contact list, or my iMessages. I actually mm-hmm. use iMessage more than I use my Mac dot com email. So the contents of my iMessages are far more. And I guess the whole iMessage history but isn't aren't, on cloud, right? Man. Yeah, iMessage but the, history. My email isn't. is. I, I if it was something I could opt into, I would. I trust Apple enough that I would trust. But it. But your
1: email with Apple is on their servers, not. Um, not others
0: right but I you know they they certainly host things they do host things that are private and I I don't see why my Apple watch data data can't be
1: yeah I mean I just wish it I mean even if it was just like for the one time sync and then they delete it or something I don't know I don't know enough about that but yes that is the one annoying thing I did not get from the restore and also, iMessage history—you can get, you can sync all your old messages. Yeah. But other than that, I'm really happy with my setup as new iPhone. It's yeah. Like a whole yeah. new world. It's like
0: it's it's a tempting world. way. It's a tempting way to clean up all the apps you're not using too.
1: Yeah, and it really Where makes you, you think about what the best apps you use and like. I redid my whole home screen and. Right. This is all I use. A lot of Google, but. Um, yeah, a lot of Google and social networks basically.
0: Right. It's and tempting. yes, the it's, Starbucks what a, app. <laughs> what a pain. It's such a pain in the ass to set up
1: the Starbucks to wait app. For the
0: sync. No, no, no. Just to, oh. to set up a new device and have to all those set apps sync device. over. Yeah. I find it easier. I do it see and so for example with iPads, I, I never I almost never restore from a backup. I just always start the iPad fresh. fresh. So like the iPad Pro that I've been using, you know, since whenever they seeded the review units. It's a lot easier to do them with an iPhone because I don't feel like you're giving yeah. things up. You're not giving things up like your message hi- – well, I guess you are give- giving up somewhat of your message history. but, right, like but that's the fact probably that- not
1: your main device for that.
0: Exactly. Uh, and,
1: and actually, fact- I, I did the same for that Pro. When I did the iPhone reviews, I – I have to think. No, you know, for the iPhone reviews, I didn't restore from backup. Uh, and then when I started using it as like my phone for a little bit, I did restore from an old backup because I didn't want to test the battery life in my test with a – I just wanted to do it completely clean. Hmm. Um. But yeah. But yeah, most of the time when I've got new phones, I do a restore. Hmm. And my wife has done a restore and her – like oh, and that's why I think it's also ridiculous. Is like in some of those restore files, they have crazy things in there. The the files can be like, I think her last one was like sixty or seventy gigs, because she re- had oh. done the restore of all, you know you do the restore. It's all your photos that were stored on the phone, videos, right. everything. You know, even photo thing photos that were in your iMessages. Um, yeah, and sometimes those I, I had I had at one point had one of her files on my computer, and it was taking up a ton of space.
0: Yeah, they can definitely get big, but that's – 70 gigs is really big
1: because they don't back up some
0: of the stuff. They don't back up like your iTunes stuff because they – you know, Yeah, they can sync that. Right. They can sync it from the server. But that's part of the process though that I hate is that it's indeterminate when that's going to finish. There's nowhere to go where it shows you a progress bar that says here's all the stuff that we are restoring and here's what what state it is.
1: Right. I mean – for most people, a lot of this stuff should be in the cloud, other than the apps. I mean, the apps are also in the cloud. You just have to manually go into iTunes and select which ones you want. That's what I did. I mean, into the App Store. Yeah. Um, I'm very happy with my decision to set up as a new iPhone, and I encourage all listeners to do the same.
0: Yeah, it seems it's, it just seems Other freeing. than
1: if you're going to be very upset about your, iP- your Apple Watch data. Why do I keep calling it the iWatch? I just call it the iWatch. <laughs>
0: Didn't I would Tim be like Cook, that Tim, person that keeps calling the eye touch Tim Cook slipped and said iWatch on one of the events this year I forget which one But it might have been like at WWDC But at some point earlier this year Tim Cook slipped and, and almost got the word all the way out of his mouth Before he, he corrected himself
1: It makes you wonder Like did, were they going to call it the iWatch at some point? Probably
0: Yeah I suspect I mean obviously
1: so. we do it Because that was like what it was rumored to be called for so long
0: Right. Yeah. I think what happened is that there was a, I think, who. well, who knows? Because this is one of those things where who knows who the people are. But clearly there's a, a contingent within the company that has won out that has decided mm-hmm. that the whole I prefix thing is data. And maybe yeah. they were opposed to it all along. Who knows? And that it was a Steve Jobs thing. Um, right. Right. Like, you know, like one thing, you know, this is one of the things we miss without Steve Jobs there is that when Steve was there, you knew with certain things like that that he must have liked it. Like there's no possible way they would have used that I prefix for the iMac, the iPod, the iPad, the iPhone, anything that had that I prefix, you know that Steve liked it because if he didn't, there's no way they would have used it. Whereas who it is that's made them decide to get away from that who knows? Is it Schiller? Is it Johnny Ive? Is it Schiller and Johnny Ive? Who knows? But right. somebody obviously doesn't like it anymore. But I think that there must have been some people who do like it and we're like, wait, that's what we're known for. People are right. already calling it the iWatch. We haven't even told them we're doing it yet. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think, it's, I
1: think people like it. It's just I, I don't like that I keep saying it, but it's just like that's what I call it.
0: <laughs> uh.
1: Yeah, it's like the iTouch. There was no iTouch. There's never been an iTouch.
0: I uh, see. I never fell for that one. Uh, I never I've, called
1: it that either. I mean, also, it's so, like that sounds wrong. I always thought it sounded wrong.
0: Yeah, I even write it. I say it all the time, but and it's gotten better over the years. But iPad is so close to iPod. Where I've had podcasts where I've I've been talking about the iPad, and and just said iPod like ten times, and you know, whoever's on the show with me is like, you know, you keep saying iPod, and I'm like, I do. <laughs> It's just it just it's filed under the same like cells in my brain, and they're like like my brain says ah close enough. It's a thing Even from the, Apple and
1: the iPod Pro. <laughs>
0: yeah, the, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, this
1: actually reminds me. So like yesterday, there's some internal email chain on our team, and and. Oh, I know. We got an email from VR, a VR company, and they were basically like trying to take your music and make it into a VR visualization. And so, it started talking about like, oh, remember those visualizations in iTunes? You know, the music visualizations. So, it turns out those are still there because everything is still in iTunes. And uh, someone on uh, on our team went into iTunes and found the um, like the UI quilt or whatever the icons are, the dot. .rsrc files. I'm pulling this up right now. And you can see in there all the old, uh, like, you know, it has support still for all of the old iPods. Um, And it's amazing to look at. I'll forward you this. (laughs) Okay. It it, it has, like, you know, all the way back to... It's got the original. It's got the original Apple TV in here. Uh, Shuffles ipod video the u2 ipod it's great
0: the u2 ipod
1: remember that it was great u2 ipod
0: it was tremendous
1: yeah yeah just tons i mean I, i my guess is it's because these are all still supported in itunes yeah the first apple tv is amazing
0: that's really crazy that's almost Microsoftian in terms yeah. of backwards
1: compatibility. I'll send you these. I think you should have access to it. Maybe you want to post them. Okay. Yeah. They're uh and then they have like the little icons we were looking for. We were wondering if the little burn icon for burn to CD was still there. And yeah. It's not. It's not there anymore.
0: Uh, boy, know. when's the last time they sold a machine that could burn a CD? That's been a couple of years.
1: You still can burn it though in, in iTunes. Right. You just have, to you, have if you have an external party. doc. Yeah.
0: Right. Uh, all right. Before we go too far into the weeds on iTunes, <laughs> let me take another break here and thank, uh, our next sponsor. And it's our good friends at MailRoute. Uh, mail Route are, is a company. This, they do one thing and they do it. Well, they filter junk from email. Uh, they're just These are email nerds who do nothing but email. This is great. They don't host your email. What they do is they provide it. This sounds weird. I know this sounds weird. They provide a service. If you have your own domain name or you host your email, you just change your DNS settings to point at mail route first. And your email goes through. It's like a very thin. It's like a screen. Think of it as like a sifting screen. And they take all the spam and junk out and then forward All the good email, anything left after that, goes to your existing mail server. So you already have a mail server and your domain name. You don't change your email server or your domain name. You don't have to set up new accounts on a new thing or whatever. All you do is change your DNS to point at mail route first. The spam gets taken out, and then your email just shows up. And the effect for you as a user of your email and for anybody else in your company or your team who uses your email Nothing changes. They don't have you don't have to go into your mail clients and change you know anything on the user side. All you notice is that all of a sudden all the junk is gone and it's not in your inbox anymore. It is tremendous. It is uh, I've used it. It is uh, it is really remarkable in terms of how accurate it is. Uh, no spam filtering is perfect, and they have really really great features. Super easy where you can get like an automated. Um, message on a, you know, a daily basis or a weekly basis that tells you, here's you know all the questionable stuff that we filtered out, and you can just review that to look for any kind of false positives. Uh, really easy to set up, whitelisting, if there's one particular uh, message that got hit uh, that you know you're going to get more from, you know maybe like uh, PayPal messages or something like that that often get flagged to spam, uh, you can just easily whitelist a certain address. Couldn't be easier. You just set it up once, change your DNS, all of a sudden, spam and junk just go away. Could not be easier. Um, they even have advanced features if you want them. Uh, they have an API so you can program stuff. Uh, they support LDAP, Active Directory, TLS, mailbagging, whatever that is, outbound relay, anything you would want from the people handling your email. Um, great tech support. Everything is is just great. So here's what you do. Uh, go to mailroute.net slash TTS, the talk show, TTS. And when you go there, you'll start with a free trial, which is great. When you see how great the free trial is, once you start paying, you'll get 10% off for the lifetime of your account. Not like one time, only 10%. This is like for years to come, 10 years from now, when you're still using MailRoute, you'll have saved like mega bucks because you went to mailroute.net slash TTS. So go check them out if you host your own email. What else is on your mind, Joanna?
1: What else is on my mind? What is? Uh, I really do not know what's on my mind right now.
0: I was talking about using an iPad Mini. Uh, what if you if you could only take one iPad with you on a trip? Which one would it be? Let's say you're going away on a week for a week uh, you're going to be away from home for a week
1: well i'm weird because i don't read on an ipad like i don't read books on an ipad so i have the i have the kindle paper white which i love Whatever. so i would probably bring that pro and i would try to not bring my air i mean am i going on vacation where am i going uh, let's that's say probably you're going actually what's really on my mind i'm going on vacation uh, in in a week and a half and i can't wait
0: All right. Well, then there you go. Which one are you going to take? So it's not even a hypothetical.
1: Yeah. I'm going to Cabo. I'm going to probably bring... I'll bring the Pro if I still have it and I haven't sent it back. (laughs) I mean, I just don't think I would... Yeah, for watching Netflix and for or like watching any downloaded movies, we did that as well. I I'm preferring it over the air that I bought two years ago.
0: Hmm. I, I sell so that. I, still, I think I
1: should sell that air probably, right?
0: I should sell all of this stuff. I have so much stuff and I just keep it all and just hoard it here in my office. You hoard and it's it, you know, by so the do time- I.
1: I mean I don't sell I did sell my iPhone 6. I did it for a story, but I pretty much would have. That's what I think I'm going to be doing going forward. I still haven't decided if I should go get into the upgrade program. Um, have you, have you, is that, are you on that plan?
0: No. I, I, I actually still own one of every iPhone ever made because I have bought mm-hmm. every one for myself, and uh, I've kept them all. In fact, yeah. I have more than one of every one because I have some of Amy's as well. Some of Amy's we've given away to like family members. I don't think we've ever sold one, but we've, you know, given them away to people, you know, like her her younger sister and stuff like that. Um, And she had one that she broke. uh,
1: I got, yeah, so I'm kind of like, I'm thinking about doing this basically my own upgrade plan. Everyone else should be on the Joanna Stern upgrade plan where I basically buy the phone outright, then. Hopefully sell it right before the event. Use an old phone. Use that new money to buy the new phone.
0: Hmm.
1: And that's basically what I sold my six, my 64 gig six, right before the event for 520 something dollars on Swappa. And it was a good experience. Way more money than you'd get on one of those other sites. I got completely scammed on eBay, so I didn't use eBay.
0: You did get and, scammed on eBay?
1: Oh yeah, totally scammed on eBay.
0: Really? Um, Tell me about that.
1: Yeah, I I like put it up for sale on eBay. The guy of course claiming to be from Nigeria. Uh <laughs> okay. Well no, he did he no he didn't tell me he was from Nigeria. So, he's the the guy who buys it. It says he lives in Boston and that he's buying the phone for $600. That's probably where I should have been tipped off because it was like more than I had put it up for. And so he then <laughs> this is actually hilarious because this was all for a story. I was basically just putting it up there to test out eBay for a story. And they say – he says he's in Boston. I'm like, OK. He says, oh, I can't send the money through um, eBay. It's, something's wrong with it. I need to send it through PayPal. Um, OK. That's, that's fine. Then, then he says, oh, I can't send it through the right, right PayPal because eBay doesn't own PayPal anymore. I was like that has absolutely nothing to do with anything. Um, it is
0: true. It's true, yeah, but it's, it's not. Yeah, it's true.
1: But like that doesn't have anything to do with any, like what whatever it is. And then ultimately sends me a phishing PayPal email that says he sent me the $600 through PayPal. And, you know, there was no real transaction that happened through PayPal or through eBay. You just you try to.
0: you didn't send him the phone though.
1: No, no. And I don't no. think in the end, I don't think, he was actually after the phone. I think he was after some sort of information that I would have either clicked right. on when I hit clicked on that PayPal phishing thing. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah, and then like huh. gave me a whole story like, oh, instead send the phone to Nigeria because my cousin is there and gave me a whole story about that. But what? I was actually, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I can actually forward you the emails. I, where, let me see the PayPal... <laughs> the really um what actually ended up happening, which was really I was very upset about, uh, from eBay, was he had gotten my phone number.
0: Oh. Uh.
1: Yeah. And that w- that was where I um, you know, the the scam stuff happens and you need to be on the lookout for weird PayPal spoofing email addresses. Um yeah, his name is Stanley Bates and uh I, you know, in as, quotes, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Stanley Bates from from Boston, and I I knew obviously that something was really fishy when he wanted to send it through this weird PayPal looking thing. In my you know, yeah. it looks pretty real to be honest, but the address says um, sale safety at usa dot com. Right. Anyway, what 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 I was really annoyed about was eBay has this loophole where after you've finished a transaction with someone and bought something and said you're going to buy this item or whatever and have the account there is a way using your listing number that you can look up their phone number and their um, email address so wow, that he had seems been te- really... he texted me yeah Oh, uh, yeah I was not happy about that but in uh, the end I sold my iPhone 6 and then I used that money to buy a new iPhone 6S this past weekend
0: and so you who did you sell it to swappa how do you spell that
1: Yes, Swappa.com, swappa S W A P P A. Yeah, this was all first story. It was right, right before the iPhone event. I wrote a piece about the best ways to sell your phone.
0: Right, but it, it, I mean, obviously, introducing a middleman definitely, you know, they're they're in business, so you're selling to them for less than what they're going to resell it for. And then, in theory, if you could sell, this is like the whole spirit yep. of eBay. In theory, if you could just find the person who wanted to buy it, you could sell it to them for right. some price in between and make more yeah, money. This,
1: I, I'll send you but this it, article. The, Swappa is um, is a marketplace, an open marketplace. So you are selling to another person. Oh, really? Yeah. So it, exactly, the middleman options like Gazelle or you you sell or. Um, what are the many other ones next worth or i cracked they won't give you as good of a value as an ebay or an amazon marketplace or swappa hmm.
0: yeah i'm not familiar with that because i just hoard all of mine right like an like an idiot
1: no i had a great experience with swappa actually it was i had said on the listing that i would prefer it with someone in new york city and found a guy and we met in a very public place in in new york and he bought the phone right right there not a legit hmm. guy. Not Stanley Bates from Africa.
0: And it, wh- how did you... So if you met in person, how does... Was the transaction still digital, though? Where, like, he... Yeah, like, he once you sent the money did...
1: on PayPal before. Legit, right. I saw it... Oh, I saw it clear in my PayPal account. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. I mean, you know, and, and the, like, that's what this year, you know, and I think back on, like, what were some of the big themes of the year, you know, in smartphones. I I just did this... Buying guide and it was like all phones became great. Mo- you know, most of these Android phones are great now. Um, you know, the iPhone became even better. And the biggest deal was like how we buy our phones through carriers now, right? Yeah. Carriers decided, eh, screw, screw these contracts. Um, whether people really start upgrading their phones more frequently, I'm not so sure. It's still not. The easiest thing, you know, to navigate those deals. Certainly, Apple's program is is seems like the best of them all. Um, but yeah, I mean, how we buy and 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 pay the carriers was certainly a big change of of 2015. I mean, um, I'm 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 still with Verizon because I still think I get the best service with them, but. I'm happy to say I won't be in a contract with them soon.
0: Yeah, I'm out of I've not been in a contract with them for a while. That was the decision. I made this decision like a year was it a year ago or 2 years ago? I forget when. But um no, I think it was a year ago. Uh but we stopped do, buying phones on contract even when our we had the op- option to do it and just right. pay the full price and we will pay you, you know, we have a family plan with Verizon. We'll just pay that and just keep it all on the up and up and pay up front
1: right I'm still in the because I'm in a family plan and we signed it about we signed it when the six at, when the six came out so um I'm You've still, still stuck like in that contract that. yeah right, which then hopefully you know we can go to the these new bucket data plans and be better
0: do yeah. you do you get do you get good Verizon signal uh At the journal's office?
1: Yeah, I get pretty good signal for all in the office here. I'm on the sixth floor.
0: When I'm in New York, I find that it is a block-by-block crapshoot as to whether I have cell signal. And this is with my Verizon phone. And Hmm. that didn't used to be the case. Maybe it's just the places in Midtown where I tend to be. I don't know, but... It's it's not necessarily bad, like like the way that AT and T used used to be right. horrendous in New York. I mean, like truly unusable. Like can't believe can't believe this um, anybody even gets by with this service, uh, which I don't think is true anymore. But it's not like that. But it's definitely not like it is for me here in Philadelphia. In Philadelphia, I get pretty strong signal almost everywhere.
1: Yeah, I mean the thing I've noticed about Verizon is maybe I don't have as many bars everywhere like as many bars as i'd probably have with at&t but i get like better service in pockets where there usually isn't service so like in the elevator i always get service in my building with verizon it always drops with at&t and um also on the subways here on my subway route to work i have verizon service and not always at&t
0: oh see that's different here in philly in philly i I think at&t like bribed somebody and has like exclusive cell service in the subway
1: Oh really? So yeah, so they, they you guys even have... have
0: like the 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 subway. I don't even know. How, i never even heard of such a thing. But uh, in Philadelphia, the sports complexes, you know, like where you'd go see the Phillies or the Eagles or the Sixers and Flyers, they're all right next to each other. They're all, and it's way down in South Philly at the end of the the line. Like you can't go. You just ride the subway south, and right. you, at the last stop, you get out, and that subway station is named like AT and T Station. So like no, that makes like,
1: sense.
0: <laughs> yeah. But I think that part of the deal is not the that, same
1: like, in at where the where the Giants play in San Francisco. What's the name of that uh, stadium?
0: Levi's Stadium. Oh, no, no, no. no. Leave. Oh no, not that. The uh, that's the 49ers. The Giants play at AT&T. It's AT&T Park. Park, right? Park. Yeah. yeah.
1: I wonder yeah, if it's Nap- the same there.
0: Yeah, I wonder if they have like exclusive cell towers <laughs> in the stadium. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I mean. I don't know. We're we're gonna deal with the five G, the competition for five G next. So
0: when do you think that's coming?
1: Uh, don't they I don't. I don't pay
0: attention to stuff like that.
1: I thought they've been saying two thousand sixteen. Some of the tests are gonna happen. I think hmm. Verizon's been saying tests happening in in two thousand sixteen. Um. Hmm. Oh God. Yeah, you know these things happen in waves. It's going to be, it'll be another fun year of more stuff that is promised the next year.
0: Uh, let me take one break before we wrap up the show. And I have one more sponsor to thank. It is our good friends at backblaze backblaze does online backup, uh, for your Mac, uh, or your PC. But let's face it. Most people listening here, uh, are probably going to take the Mac version. Um, but if you have a PC, you could definitely get Backblaze for it. Uh, you install their software, uh, you get a free trial. All everything on your Mac just backs up to their cloud-based servers. Everything. You have an external drive, but that backs up too. There's no limit. You say, "Well, I, I have a three terabyte drive. It'll back up the whole thing. Might take longer. It will take longer because that's you know there's no way to to make three terabytes upload quicker. It'll happen eventually. And once it's there, everything else is incremental. And then you don't notice it. You don't have to click a button. You don't have to go in there and set up a schedule for when the backup happens. Backblaze just runs automatically in the background silently. And as files change on your Mac, uh, it just keeps it in sync with what's online. Then what can you do after that when it's backed up? Well, if catastrophe strikes, if you know your computer breaks, if somebody steals your computer... Uh, you can go to Backblaze and you can order, for example, everything restored onto a USB drive and they will mail it to you. Uh, You could just download everything if you want to. uh, Or what happens, and 25% of all all of their restores from customers work this way, you can just restore one file at a time. So you can just log in from uh, any computer anywhere, log into your Backblaze account, uh, browse your entire Mac, all of your files, and download one file. If you just like, find yourself in a situation where you know you have a file at home or on your office, uh, Mac, but you're not there right now and you don't have it with you, you can get it. They've got Android app. They've got an iPhone app. So you can use these apps to access your account and get anything from your system uh, anywhere you are, anywhere in the world. How much does this cost? It costs $100 a month. It sounds like it should. No, it doesn't cost $100 a month. It costs five bucks a month. $5! $5! for, and You just have unlimited, unthrottled backup, and you I'm telling you, you sleep so much easier knowing that everything on your Mac is backed up somewhere outside of your desk, that it's just out there. So great. Uh, go to backblaze.com slash the talk show, and they'll know you came from the show, and you get a no-risk, uh, risk-free, no-credit-card-required trial. Just go there and check it out, backblaze.com slash the talk show. Um, uh, did you see that the Zuckerbergs announced that they're going to give away ninety nine percent of their uh, fortune?
1: I did. I did. I'm looking at. I was actually just looking at that article just because the the baby picture. I was really just looking at the baby picture.
0: Yeah, they they announced it co- coinciding with the the birth of their first uh, child. It's a daughter, and it, it it is an adorable picture. I'm a sucker yeah. for babies.
1: I know, me too, and I like the name uh. too, Max, for a girl.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, and so they've announced in a in a letter to their daughter uh, that they will be giving away ninety nine percent of their fortune, which is very noble. Uh, I know, like the Gates, the Gates is, I think, have have pledged to give away ninety five percent of their fortune, and I know that the Gates Foundation already has like forty one billion dollars. They've already given an enormous amount of money to fund their foundation
1: because right. he's saying over uh, his lifetime.
0: Yeah, and I think and, and at the start he's saying he's going to give up to or or donate up to a billion dollars um in stock uh a year for the next 3 years. And I guess part of that again to cycle back to wealthfront, you know, that some of this stuff is like SEC mandated that right. if you're going to say if you're going to talk about stuff like this with a publicly traded company, you've got to, you know, announce it in advance.
1: But I you know, I think, you know, It's something that, again, another little bit of a theme of the year, so nostalgic for the year, you know, I'm just like, I think I just want the year to be over so I can go on vacation. Um, But, you know, like, it's a socially conscious move by Zuckerberg, obviously, and um, a really important one. But it's also like, you feel like that's a little bit of a change that's been happening in Silicon Valley. And especially, you know, at, at Tim Cook's Apple, more and more the way he's, you're laughing.
0: I am laughing because I, I, I have a point to make here, but keep going.
1: But you it's know It's definitely a change. It's a change, right? I mean, like yeah. and I feel like also like coming out of, you know, Tim Cook's socially conscious Apple, where, you know, when he spoke at our at our conference in October, he spent a lot of time talking about how um you know it's Apple's job to make the world a better place, which is like obviously Apple's always thought about that as a fight through technology, but um you got also the sense like he wants to do that uh even just in his position of power as the as the CEO of one of the most powerful companies in the world if not the most powerful richest company in the world. Um you know I, his message there was really impactful I thought. I
0: I find Tim Cook to be an incredibly sincere person and I actually think when you listen to him, especially when you really – don't just read the transcript, but if you can actually see him talk on video yeah. or, like you said, at a conference, and he, just hear him talk, uh, there is a sincerity in his voice when he talks about things like that. And and I know he's said it many times that uh, in, in his office he's got portraits of Martin Luther King Jr. and uh, Bobby Kennedy – and and when he talks about that, and he said it many times, and, it, and if you just read it, you might think that that's just a thing that he wants right, to like it's say marketing but, talk. Right, but when you hear him talk about mm-hmm. that, he 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 gets choked up in a way, and and when he talks about Apple's products, he he doesn't sound as sincere. And I don't mean that he doesn't mean it, but he actually is less fired up and emotional when he's talking about say. You know how, how he traveled to Europe a couple weeks ago using with just his iPad Pro and his iPhone as his only devices, right. and I think he did. I, I I don't. I really think he's the type of person where he really he wouldn't lie about that. He wouldn't say that if it weren't true. If he secretly had a you know a MacBook Pro in his hotel room, he wouldn't say it. I really think that's true. But you know, there's not there's a certain rehearsed tone to his voice when he's talking about their products like that, and and when he talks about the social stuff, he he you could see his Blood start to boil a little.
1: No, I totally and actually, like, um, I actually just pulled up our live blog from the the conference, and we I didn't summarize a lot, but I said, you know, his he sounds it doesn't only sound like marketing speak when he is up there. He truly wants to make a push for human rights and making the world a better place. Um, and I and I can't remember specifically the points he made. I, I you know, um, but yes, I totally agree with you. The way I came, I, I came out of that that interview where he was grilled on everything from the car to the iPad to the Apple TV and how he's going to, you know, put down the cable companies, um, just thinking, OK, this guy wants to mostly, though, make the world a better place and use Apple as, as you know, as a technology company to help do that. Um, so, yeah, I think just like, you know, it's a, it's cheesy, but it does feel a little bit of a different vibe. I don't know. He,
0: there's, he's always had this reputation. But before he really became, you know, certainly, you know, when he became CEO, he obviously became the much, much more public. And But he spoke on stage a few times before that. Um, but he was, you know, a lot more of a mystery before he be, took over as CEO. And But he had a reputation as being fearsome, a fearsome negotiator, the sort of person who in a meeting, you know, even if it's just within the company that, you know, you better be prepared when you show up for a meeting with him or he's going to hand you your hat, you know. Uh, uh, you don't see that when he's on stage talking about Apple's products. When he's talking about the products, he's very, very genial. There is this, you know, this very friendly, courtly, southern demeanor that comes out. And it's funny because when he talks about uh, these social issues, which is a much more, you know, it's it's it by the, the actual topic is humane. I sense, uh, I, I. That's when I can sense the the fearsome person that he can be. It's like it, his frustrations with these social issues around the world boil to the surface, and he can't hide it. It doesn't come across as genial at all. It comes across as, wow, I can see why people are scared of this guy.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, and it was a year ago. I mean, it was it was actually a year ago, right after our conference that he had come out. You know, and that. That letter, you know, which truly had absolutely nothing to do with the fact that he was the CEO of Apple. I mean, it did. It had a lot about, um, of course, it had, you know, to do with who he was. But, you know, that that letter was just so well written and so heartfelt. Um, and, you know, that's a, it, it, you got a vision of who he was um, yeah. and, you know, it's, after many people thought, or as many people try to still explain, who Jobs was, this guy's just doing it. Yeah. You know, he's just he's he's putting it all out there.
0: Yeah. So, like you say, that this this sort of a, a, a social, uh, I don't know how best to put it, but that there's a change at the the at the very top of. The Silicon Valley industry uh, to be socially minded with and, and to you know put your money where your mouth is and actually do things like pledge ninety nine percent of your fortune to to these causes. Um, I made me laugh when I laughed a couple minutes ago is because I was thinking that the old way is like the Larry Ellison way, which is to right. buy an island in Hawaii like a James Bond villain.
1: Right. This is all mine.
0: <laughs> right.
1: And, and this- also, I have a sailboat.
0: <laughs> right, I've pledged my I've pledged my fortune to a uh, America's Cup's, you know, right. 500 million dollar uh, you know, racing yacht, which I will right. be watching. This is my yacht fr- <laughs>
1: and you can look at it.
0: <laughs> well, in a this photo. is my this is my racing yacht which I which I uh, observe from my, you know, yacht
1: yacht. Right. <laughs> <laughs> You can peek at my yacht through your small little phone screen, but I peek at my many yachts through my major so, window above 10 other yachts.
0: So the other thing that made me laugh, though, is when I saw that that, uh, that the Zuckerbergs were pledging to give away 99% of their fortune, I thought, A, I thought, I, would I do that if I were in his position? If I had uh, somehow, if if, you know... If, if Daring Fireball were worth as much as Zuckerberg's stake in Facebook, would I be willing to pledge to give ninety nine percent of it away? I would like to think that I would. Uh, I'm not sure that I would. I feel like you, nobody would. Nobody can really say what they would do unless they were actually in that position to do it. I don't know that I would. But then my second thought turned to: What if I was young Max and right. my f- father had this fortune? How would I feel about about him? pledging to give it all away before I was even old enough to maybe make a counter-argument. <laughs> like Why couldn't you have waited until I was even just a teenager and I could maybe articulate an argument that maybe we should dial that number back a bit?
1: Yeah, in 15 years, <laughs> when Max is looking at this Facebook post through his holographic VR Oculus headset that Zuckerberg has also made another $98 billion, dollars off of, he'll be like, Dad, I'm going to need that money. <laughs> or she. Like a, she yeah, I'm she, sorry. I she. keep referring it to, yeah. I'd love the name Max for a girl, but it's hard. I, I do I, too. Yeah.
0: yeah, It's a good name for her. It's a great name. But I really do feel like if my if my parents had that sort of fortune, I really would have wished that they would have waited until, I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just saying maybe <laughs> hear my side of it. Before we decide what percentage of the fortune to give away,
1: <laughs> I'm sure she will have plenty, plenty of money right. to live right. comfortably. I, right, I very, totally very, realize. Very comfortably,
0: I totally realize that when you're talking about truly outsized fortunes, like yeah. you know, Zuckerberg's stake in Facebook and Gates, you know what Gates owned it, it still owns in Microsoft. That one percent is truly still a monumental fortune. Right. I'm just saying no, it may not be buy your own island in Hawaii, you know from Larry Ellison fortune, which I really do kind of see the appeal of
1: well, I mean they live in I think they live in Palo alto. God knows we don't we don't know what will happen to the property value there,
0: right you might need we by just the time, don't know
1: actually, we time, do know
0: by the time max zuckerberg is is an adult, she might need a billion or two dollars to buy. To buy a, you know, a regular sized house in Palo Alto.
1: they Probably. Probably (laughs) just a small little portion of a yard in Palo Alto. I don't know. I don't know enough about – well, I do know enough about what's been going on in the San Francisco Valley real estate market. But, uh, yeah, I mean, certainly – I know there's been a lot of scrutiny about the way he set it up. It's an LLC versus it being actually a charitable organization or – I don't know. I know there's been scrutiny today, but I just kind of just thought it was great news yesterday.
0: Wait, what was? The, oh, the Zuckerberg news. Yeah, the Zuckerberg saying, news. It, you yeah. know,
1: the you know how you know how our industry works. All right. And I'm actually, you know, I'm not on that side of the industry where I cover, at really any of that, frankly. So I just read the articles and move on.
0: Yeah, same here. And then I make jokes.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> about
0: uh the uh, one last thing that is in the news is uh before we sign off is that uh, there's a it, it's so much news about it, so much speculation that it seems like it's going to happen that that yahoo is going to spin off and sell off a bunch of its units
1: yeah
0: uh and What's i can't help but think that's it? a good thing but it really makes me think it, it just big picture what is yahoo like, I don't, I, I, you know what I mean? Like, you know, it it it's so easy to compare it with Google or uh, AKA Alphabet, which I still find difficult to wrap my head around. And I realized that that's not one thing, but I still, I, I, I kind of get the company. Like, I get it what, what Alphabet, I, I'm going to call them Google, the hell with it, but I get what Google does. I get that they have this amazing search engine, uh, which to me is still arguably, it might be the greatest invention in the history of the industry is Google web search. And I know that I give Google a lot of crap on Daring Fireball a lot of the time. And people think I'm sort of, you know, because I'm I, I tend to like Apple stuff and I tend to uh be a little bit more cynical about Google stuff. I when I just look at the broad picture of everything that we have at our fingertips today. Like if if you could go, you know, if Ben Franklin time traveled and came here today, what was the what's the first thing you would show him? I might show him Google. Like that there's this box where you can just type whatever you want into and you know maybe i have to explain typing to him first but i think he'd get yeah. it but that you can just i think print you'd these... have
1: to explain the computer first right the phone but it the but once you got first. that that's so amazing right. to think about
0: but it is it's truly you know from our childhoods it's truly still a piece of science fiction that we have that we you could just type natural language questions to and get the answer it's truly amazing um I get that they have this and that they make money from it with the ads that they show on it, and that it's billions of people around the world using it, so therefore tons of money. And I get their moonshots in terms of, you know, that they're banking on things that might become huge, like if they have a self-driving car platform right. that can be to cars what Android is to phones. That's that's a, a tremendous. I get it. I don't get Yahoo. Like I don't get what it. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't Why do people go to Yahoo anymore? I don't get it.
1: I don't think they do. I mean, I know they do, but like they do because they're older and they know it, or it's already preloaded on their computers. That's why, right? I don't know. Are there other reasons?
0: I don't know. Their email, like their
1: email, was there from many, many years ago. I mean, that's like why people still go to AOL.
0: Right, like the side of the that that you and I don't. Don't do. Like, you're a product person. You write, you know, from the, hey, how do you, you know, you want to, yeah, f- what do you want to get? I, I'm a product person. I write about how do you use this stuff. But we don't I, also, write I mean, I review stuff.
1: services. I mean, I do tons right. of services stuff, and I can't remember the last time I've recommended a Yahoo service. Well,
0: that's what I and mean. And I've Is looked it at this- them.
1: And I've looked at them. I mean... Even I gave Flickr a very – I mean Flickr still has some great things. I gave it a really fair shake in the in the photo comparisons earlier this year when it – was you know, Google Photos and Apple Photos and it wasn't as good.
0: Yeah.
1: I, and then, I mean it's I, like – but also people don't think about that anymore when they think Yahoo. They don't think about the services on their phone. I,
0: I, it's covered as a business story, right? It's the business reporters talking about this and, you know, totally. with Wall Street pressure on it and – um, you know, Kara Swisher has tremendous sources, you know, at Yahoo, and it's the, the, the intrigue and speculation as to how much support does Marissa Meyer still have from the board and that sort of thing. But it, looking at it from like my, my perspective is like just what's cool and what is good to use, and what would I recommend to people who, you know, follow me and look to me for advice or something like that, or what would be interesting for me to write about because it's, it's such a cool thing. I, I can't remember the last time that anything that Yahoo was involved with even hit my, whatever parts of my brain light up when I see something cool. Yeah. Flickr, I guess. I guess the last time Flicker. was when. when I, and
1: I mean, wasn't Yahoo's not powering the weather anymore on the weather app? in No. Was...
0: No, I don't think so. I think they switched no, to the weather is... channel. Yeah, because they got, uh, I think it had better worldwide service or something.
1: Yeah, yeah I, that would have been the only Yahoo service I probably used every day since whatever, you know, since using yeah. Yahoo as a search engine 15 years ago.
0: The iOS Stocks app still is based on Yahoo data. Okay. Uh, I mean, so that's one that's thing I have on the phone.
1: Uh, um, I, <laughs> <laughs> it would really like um, – Yahoo just, picks up my videos. Yahoo, I get a lot of video views on Yahoo. So thank you for that, Yahoo.
0: I, I just I don't get it. And I feel like I I feel like and again, maybe it's just my me being obsessed with my perspective on things, but uh, I I just feel like all of this business side speculation on what Yahoo should do or whatever is got it all backwards and that it really has to start with products. And that's if there's anything I'm disappointed in Marissa Meyer for is I really kind of
1: right
0: had hoped that from what I knew of her beforehand that she was, you know, product focused and I really thought that she would bring that to Yahoo, but it, it I I it just doesn't I think seem she like
1: did. She I think she really – I mean if you think about one – some of the big attention that she had gotten when she first started was a Flickr, a big Flickr redesign. She was – she was yeah. she spoke at that. I remember I interviewed her after the new Flickr redesign and she hmm. introduced it. Um, and that was like a couple months after she took over. And then there was a new email thing. She was involved in that. I remember that. And then I don't remember anything else.
0: Yeah, or at least she tried to at first. But it's like as the years have gone on, it just doesn't seem like yeah. like that's happened. I don't know if and I can maybe... share the story.
1: Actually, this is funny. I'm going to share it. I got an email. <laughs> <laughs> I was always on this podcast. I'm like, I feel. I mean, this is what's amazing about your podcast. It feels like just talking to you, and you really don't like think about that. Hundreds of you probably have thousands and thousands of viewers. I don't know, listeners. I, I mean, I know you. Uh, I you're... think
0: I I haven't looked in a while. I'm, I I probably should. I think it's there's a lot of them. So Seventy to eighty thousand listen to movies. Yeah, episodes. that's
1: crazy. But like, I yeah, sometimes says the forget says the woman all... who
0: wait says the woman who writes for a newspaper with a circulation of what? I mean, I the journal's three
1: million or
0: something. Yeah, I was gonna say the journal. The last I checked, has like a daily circulation of three million.
1: Well, this just feels like you know we're more we're more all intimate right. here. They cut all my words, um, but. uh... <laughs> the um so I got an email I had someone who used to work for me and they were applying for a job at Yahoo and they sent uh you know they want me to give some feedback and you know reference stuff and in the email it said Marissa Mayer is going to be looking over this and I thought to myself that is really sad like why is Marissa Mayer looking over a tech reporting position here and uh I don't have anything. I mean, I had a lot of nice things to say about this person who used to work with me, um, but I just thought I, I wrote something like really sarcastic back to the recruiter too. And um, I wonder, I wonder if Marissa Mayer ever did read my review of that single <laughs> tech reviewer they were going to hire. Oh, uh,
0: I don't know. Not a very I'm interesting
1: looking... story. I don't know if I should have. Eh, I shared the story. Yeah.
0: that's fine. But I, she definitely has a reputation as a micromanager, it's I right. you know or, uh, that's such a overused term but as somebody who uh would do something like that and get involved in the um you know wanting to approve i i i've heard that story before i have heard that 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 at yahoo that she wanted approval over i don't know almost everybody who got hired anywhere that at some point and it became like a gating factor because obviously you know she's busy and you want to hire somebody for a certain team and all of a sudden it's uh, it's almost like right. what developers go through with like the app store where like your app you just want to fix a bug like you just want to hire somebody to do this and in the meantime it's like a 7 day wait before it percolates to the top of 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 her you know inbox and she can look at it
1: yeah i mean it i and i, I know there was a big she had a big focus on the new yahoo news that was another yeah. big product launch that that she was very involved in um and that's actually a huge part of their operation and actually this is really how I think of them when I think about it because I know a number of people in the media industry have gone to work for them a lot of anchors a lot of on 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 air talent from TV networks have gone to work yeah. for them um David Pogue David Pogue of course um and they've built a good team over there
0: yeah I guess but that's that is- I don't
1: think but that's but not, not enough. Yeah, yeah you know, it's not just, enough
0: to make them as big as they are,
1: right? Or to be as in in the in the ring with Google and Apple and Facebook, right? And Microsoft. Yeah,
0: yeah I totally agree. But yet somehow, it feels to me like like there's a potential there that they could be. Yeah, but I don't see it.
1: But that's, you know, Uh, like, again, like not, you know, when you think about, when I think about what's been going on with the big players in in tech and products, Apple, Google, Microsoft, I don't really consider Facebook, Facebook's in there, obviously, and many of the, you know, other big companies, but, you know, when you think about the year, a lot of it was, you know, there wasn't necessarily anything majorly new. You know, everyone's trying to compete to do a lot of the same things. Who can do it better? Who can also do it more securely and more private? Give us more privacy. That was a big, you know, source of the competition this year. Uh, certainly, Apple wanted to play to that. Um, but you know, when you think about where the real innovation or developments happened this year, it wasn't it wasn't that kind of year. And what are what is what is going to be that sort of? future for some of these companies.
0: Yeah, I don't VR
1: know. VR is going to be an interesting one.
0: Yeah, I, this was the year of uh, watches becoming like a real thing. Uh, everybody is...
1: But even then, was I it mean, a huge thing?
0: I don't think so, not yet. But it, yeah. it's, you know, but it's obviously, that's like a real thing that they're racing to do. Uh, and the next... I think VR is definitely the next big thing because I think Mm -hmm. that the technology is very close and there's, uh, unlike cars, there aren't regulatory and legal hurdles to be passed. You know, the cars thing, everybody is working on, but it's so complicated and requires laws to be rewritten and, you know, just so much, so much stuff (laughs) that's going to have to happen in public that it's years out. The VR thing is probably, probably like a next year thing.
1: Right. Yeah, I mean like it was such a year of refinement. And it's not a bad thing. Like I don't I don't want to whine about it. Like I don't like nothing happened. This, you know, it, it was such a great year for products becoming that were already good becoming great. You know, when I look at the iPhone, like it was already such a near perfect phone. I think it could still be a little bit more perfect as I wrote in my review, but you know, this is the device and our smartphones are the things that power so many of the other Parts of our lives now, like they're just great. Yeah, you know, and, and that's what's happening with computing too, right? Like, we want our computers and our our laptops or our tablets to be even better and more like some of the mobile devices we've had.
0: And we want our mobile devices to be more like our PCs,
1: right? So it's just like a year of more refinement, I think. And yeah, again, I don't. And to I whine think about that it.
0: that. No, and I think that the fact that it's sort of like a refinement and and uh, it, it's it created this the thing that we talked about earlier, which is that it's made it harder to decide what to buy.
1: Yeah, because
0: so because now that you can buy something like the iPad Pro, which really can be more of a laptop, but now that you can buy a laptop like the regular MacBook that's as thin and light as. Uh, an iPad, um, or something like the surface devices, um, it just blurs the line. And the fact that, you know, different things are way better on a giant sized iPad pro, but other things are still better on an iPad mini,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but it really doesn't make sense to tell somebody, well, you should buy three iPads. <laughs> it's...
1: I think you should anyway. live the John Gruber life, buy three iPads, right? <laughs> live with three iPads. And a small one iPhone.
0: Each, one in every pocket and one in every compartment of your of your backpack.
1: Okay, my last question to you, because I didn't ask you okay. any. What it what are you? Mm, okay. Yeah, I'm gonna ask about the iPhone then because I think most excited about in, in two thousand and sixteen for the iPhone.
0: What am what I most excited I, about? Or what am I hoping for?
1: Yeah, I think what are you hoping for for the iPhone? I was going to say in general for the next year, but I, I specifically want to ask you about the iPhone.
0: You know, it's interesting. I know that there's rumors that are already out, um, like the one last week about the no he- no he- headphone jack, which is, you know, it's weird if it comes true and it'll be a minor headache. But in the grand scheme of things, it's not a big deal. I find it interesting that there doesn't seem to be any specific rumors about what's coming yet, Um I guess my biggest hope as is, is that it's a truly revolutionary upgrade on the camera, mm-hmm. that it really takes a step towards uh, being able to stand toe to toe with like an SLR type camera, not just point and shoots. Like I feel like point and shoots have been taken out. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, uh, uh, and now it's you know what, but what can take like the you know what can take can, can we get us an iphone that, that stands up to like a $1000 standalone camera in terms of image quality and depth of field and stuff like that um and so something like that and i heard a while back that you know and, and i know apple bought this some company or there's a you know a patent that's out there or something but these these ideas of use and other people yeah. are doing stuff like this but having like two camera lenses and side by side and that it can do like some kind of magic when you take a picture by combining two images, and that that's the way um, that a device as thin as an iPhone might be able to stand up to a truly big camera with a bigger piece, a really big piece of glass as the lens and a right, and significant distance. Yeah, so that would be my biggest hope is that it's all about the camera. But I I, I say that just purely from my own selfish what I hope they do. This is, has nothing to do with anything that I have heard is coming. Right. What about you? What would you hope for?
1: I mean, I wrote this in my review of the 6S. You know, the thing that bothers me the most about my phone is battery life and having to worry about it. Um, I I would I would be really happy if, if they started to discuss or work in wireless charging. Um, mm. But I just don't feel like the solutions out there right now are very Apple.
0: Yeah. Um, that the the biggest thing that people keep talking about with this remove and that ties into the removal of the headphone jack the biggest thing people are complaining about with that is that they frequently want to listen to audio while they charge their phone like you're sitting on the train yeah. or on an airplane or something like that and you have a your phone is you know at 40% well if you can charge it but you're sitting there on the train or wherever you are my son does this all the time jonas is all his all of his devices are under 20 percent at all times so he's always watching youtube while with his headphones on while he's charging his device um if they went to wireless charging it would that would solve it if there was like an apple watch type thing that could charge you know connect it to the apple logo or something on the back of your phone then it solves the problem where you have the lightning jack for your headphones and you can wirelessly charge
1: yeah i mean the big problem with the wireless and i've tested a lot of these i did this big piece on chargers last week it was actually thrilling in a way um i I tested like all these usb wall chargers um but it was uh that that all these wireless solutions are just really slow like it takes a long time to go from zero to 50 percent with many of these
0: right the watch gets away with it because the watch has just a teeny tiny battery
1: Exactly. Yeah, it'll be interesting.
0: Yeah, uh, I could see that. I would like to, you know. And if there's a second thing that I would like to see, it would be uh, a a rejiggering of their priorities on how much battery life it, the phone should get. I mean, it's very clear that what they've done, because like, like the the battery life doesn't get worse year no. to year with iPhone, but it stays the same unless you switch to the Plus. So they mm-hmm. just keep making it thinner and using the efficiencies of their newer technology to keep the you know, they keep making the device thinner and keeping the battery life the same. I would love it if they like if effectively decided to like multiply the the battery life you right. expect by like one and a half.
1: And obviously this year they did a lot of it through iOS nine and and software improvements. And actually, you know, watch OS two, I've I've noticed the battery life being better on this thing um but it seems like that's only going to get them so far
0: yeah i i think with i would like to see them you know like with the uh, the ipad i almost said ipod there um <laughs> they've long said 10 hours of battery life you get 10 hours of battery life from an ipad uh i would love for them to just sort of really double you know like double or like 1.5 the number that they tell you you can get from an iphone and then engineer it from there whether that means keeping the device as thin as it is you know as thin as it is now uh or using new technology or something like that but i i don't think that'll happen though i would bet against that i think apple is very much interested in chasing down slr quality photography so i feel like whether they'll do it next year or not at least my hopes are in alignment with apple's institutional uh priorities my Hope for battery life, though, does not seem to be in alignment with their institutional priorities. Their institutional priorities, I think, are still hyper-focused on thinness, yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you there. Well, we shall see. All right. But I'm going to go on vacation first.
0: That's great. I can't wait. Oh, no, wait. I'm not going. (laughs) You're not going. (laughs) Well, congratulations and enjoy your vacation. Joanna Stern, thank you so much.
1: Vacation to CES.
0: <laughs> I've never been. Have we ever talked about this?
1: I think we did, and I still can't yeah. believe it. I've, How have you I never l- been?
0: I love Vegas. I love gadgets and I've never been to CES. It's long story short, it's because I hate
1: so we're opposite. I hate Vegas, but I love gadgets.
0: Right. Uh, the long story short, it's like I really hated there. It's because it used to be immediately after Macworld Expo. And I did go to Macworld Expo and there was no no way that I was going to do two of those things back to back uh and so I just never ever developed any kind of tradition of going to CES and it any time it's ever occurred to me to maybe maybe I should maybe just one year I should go and you know write about and podcast like what yeah. it's like for an apple focused person to go to this you know more or less this consumer electronics show that is everything that's not apple in the industry here's what's coming but actually uh,
1: everything is around apple it's <laughs> like, well more and more yeah well i mean uh, you keep doing what you do best which is comment on the non-apple stuff but always pretty much it has been the last couple of years there's always some strong apple rumor that that seems to come out around ces
0: yeah. It is Remember true. last I, year?
1: Last year at CES there was this big rumor about what the MacBook was gonna the, the MacBook Air uh would ultimately end up be the MacBook what the air um successor was yeah. gonna look like.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that they always somehow try to take the air out of whatever else is going on. Right. Yeah, like, or wh- maybe it wouldn't the leaks be
1: just come around then. I don't know.
0: So I you know I would expect here's my guess is that this year's CES is going to be the, the story's going to be all about virtual reality I think Yeah definitely uh, that's my guess and would you know would it be shocking if a rumor leaked <laughs> right before CES that Apple is has a team working on VR Yeah and that's well. it they if they said nothing else except that that would not surprise me one bit if a rumor like that was floated uh you know to say a you know uh uh, you know one of the reporters at the wall street journal probably you know or something like that wouldn't surprise me one bit but anyway i I always when it occurs to me that maybe i should go to ces it's always too late like right now i think it's too late like everything's all the hotels are booked up and you know it's like the sort of thing you have to you have to plan in advance and i'm not i'm not good at that
1: right yeah well I would say you don't really need to come. I would love to podcast with you from there.
0: Yeah. I could um, do like a little video thing.
1: It's it's pretty much I mean it's I, I love CES because it is this time of the year where everyone gets really excited about gadgets and um my favorite thing was like Neil I last year wrote this piece or they wrote a piece on The Verge it was like, Gadgets are back and like getting really people excited for CES and it was like, That's what I do all year. Like are you like like <laughs> Good thing I have a job again this year. Um, but, you know, like, it gets people really excited about what's going to come. And then actually that it all tapers down. And when you actually review the products that came out at CES, no one really cares. But um, there is always the excitement around CES.
0: Uh, people can read uh, your work at the uh, Wall Street Journal. That's the wsj.com. What's the, to get to the section that, that you guys do, what, what's the web
1: WSJD. WSJD.com.
0: WSJD.com takes you right, right to the Wall Street Journal digital. Uh, yeah, to the, team. yeah. And on Twitter, you are at Joanna Stern. I am. Uh, thank you so much, Joanna.
1: It was good to be here. I'm glad we, right. we finally made it work. <laughs> Enjoy we didn't we, don't, we didn't talk about our favorite thing, my favorite thing, the blackberry, but I will come back to talk about that the next time.
0: All right. Do you think they'll still be in business next time?
1: Yes, they have the new Android phone, and I gave it a pretty decent review.
0: I I <laughs> Well, we'll see.
1: We will see. I mean, what what uh, what holds them back? They can just be another Android phone maker
0: maybe i I think that sh- I think that ship has sailed though I think that they if they had done that, I think wasn't that what you wrote in your review? I think that if they had shipped that phone four yes. years ago,
1: definitely that, that is what we- I wrote in my review, but I am always holding on hmm. okay, third stand up thing going to go okay. <laughs> <laughs>